visit palmerbet.com for all the best rugby league betting odds. From NRL matches to NRLW matches, State of Origin games and even the World Cup at the end of the year, Palmerbet has the best rugby league betting odds bar none. And they're also the major sponsor of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the award-winning League Freak. You can also find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going pretty well, the award-winning Andrew Ferguson. How have you been? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, all's pretty good over here in this side of the world. Yeah. No, no rain, I guess. Yeah, it's always good. Um, we've had a lot of rain in uh, New South Wales and Queensland. It's been a lot of flooding. Uh, but hopefully the worst of it is behind most people and we can, uh, you know, look forward to drying everything out and getting lives back to normal again. Yeah. You know, the good thing is you've had a few a few stints of being stuck inside your own home. You, you're able to handle this now. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm kind of lucky. I'm not anywhere near a river or anything like that. So, but, It's okay, mate, because the rivers are coming to you. Yeah, the rivers are coming to you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really excited about this episode because we are doing the 2022 NRL season preview, but we've also got our new sponsor on board, which is Palmerbet. Uh, if you go to palmerbet.com and you can bet on all of the NRL games, you can bet on the women's rugby league matches, state of origin games, all the futures in the NRL. You can even bet on the rugby league world cup. And so our plan this year is to basically have a, episode that we put out every Tuesday or Wednesday, which looks ahead at the upcoming round, and we're going to give you the odds from Palmerbet. And it was great to have them come on board. They uh, they approached us at the end of last year and said, hey, we'd love to, you know, form a, a partnership deal with you. And it was really straightforward. And, yeah, it's great to have them on board. Yeah, we decided that, uh, you know what, we're happy to lend our cause to their you know, what they're doing there. Yeah. Anytime we can give someone a leg up, we're, we're all keen for that. Well, it's cool because we, we've always planned from the very beginning of the podcast to have a, a a show each week that looks ahead at the round coming up. And we've done them before. And we always knew that we would like to get a betting partner on board specifically for those episodes. And when Palmer Bet approached us, it was just like, oh, this is great. So go to palmerbet.com, sign up for an account. And uh, if you do that, you you know, you're supporting the people that are supporting the podcast this year. They're our major sponsor and we love having them on board. Absolutely. Absolutely. And without any further ado, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're going to do this in alphabetical order because mm-hmm. it's the best order there is. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the Broncos. Now, they're, they're missing Adam Reynolds for the first week. I believe it's uh, because of a COVID restriction. Not because he's playing his old team? No, no. COVID restriction. I am higher on the Broncos than a lot of other people. I think that having Adam Reynolds in their team is going to give them a lot of guidance that they really just haven't had in the past. I like a lot of their younger players. I think that they improved a lot last year. 
And I thought that their forward pack by the end of last year was starting to look pretty good. Um, Kevin Walters has worked on their defence and it had a long way to go, but he did start to get it going in the right direction. And towards the end of last year, they weren't a fun team to play. They weren't a pushover team. Um, I have them making the top eight. What about you? I don't have them in the top eight, no. I've got them... Actually, I actually haven't written out my... Uh, my... Or I didn't know I didn't know we we're going to put them in uh, ladder position, but I'm going to do it as we go. Okay, right. okay. I'm going to put Broncos at eleventh. Okay, I had let me just grab my phone because I wrote this all down today. I've got the Broncos in fifth place. You what the? Yeah, I really I just feel like that Reynolds is going to change the way that they get around the field. I like their forward pack. I like some of their backs. They can do some damage. Um, I, I just feel as though they're going to keep improving from last year. And Look, I think they, that there are some other teams that are going to get worse. They will, Yeah, I agree with all of that, that they will get better and other teams are going to get worse. The problem that they haven't addressed with their recruitment is defence. And even though Kevin Walters improved an awful lot of what they did uh, the tail end of last year, the defence was still making amateur errors at times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth noting, Broncos have conceded 1,407 points in the last 46 games. That's about 30 and a half points a game. Mm-hmm. And in nearly half of those games, they let in at least 30 points. Mm-hmm. The only team that's worse than them, West Tigers. That's where they're at defensively. Mm. Okay, they're down in that area there, which means they don't have to improve a little bit. They have to pr- improve a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's, for me, that's stopping them from being a finalist. I think their attack is going to be fine. And Reynolds will definitely help that, no doubt. But, yeah, that defence is still a bit of an issue for me. I, I think they'll improve their defence this year. I really do. Oh, it'll, it'll definitely improve, but it's yeah. not going to be improved enough, in my view, to get them into the eight. Wow, we're very far apart on the Broncos then. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I've lived in Brisbane. Yeah, I've I've been to Brisbane how many times? Three yeah, times so you, now. You've you've not been there enough to hate yeah. it properly. <laughs> well, the last time I was in Brisbane, I went up to see. I basically stayed in the very north of Brisbane, and then went and visited Steve Irwin Zoo. Oh, and yeah. there's no real reason to visit Brisbane outside of going to the football. That's true. Um, now there's a few players I. I I want to mention here, okay, and the first one's going to be Billy Walters. Mm-hmm. He's been a little bit of a journeyman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's played under some damn good coaches, Michael Maguire, Craig Bellamy. And yet he's, and I mean, he's at the West Tigers and couldn't even nail down a semi-regular spot there. And he's moving up to play under his old man in a team that's got next to no depth in the halves. Mm-hmm. Whatsoever. Do you think he's good enough to nail down a starting spot at the Broncos, given that they've only got generally two um, NRL quality halves ahead of him? That's going to be uh, Adam Reynolds and Albert Kelly. Do you think he's going to be good enough to push either one of those out of there? No, I don't. I don't. Uh, it I, makes I, me I, wonder why they signed him. Yeah, look, I... 
sometimes the coach wants to just have his son around the club. And we've seen that a lot in rugby league. Like, But I think that if you see him in their side, it's probably not a good sign. Um, I, I just think that he's not a first grader. Um, he's, he just isn't. No. And you know what? He's 28. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's just... You know, he's, he's, he's just a reserve grader and that's fine, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think that, you know, he's in their, their team for round one. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but there's I'm, a lot. I, I'm, I'm really unimpressed with that Broncos house pairing for round one. Yeah. I, look, I don't, I think that I would like to see them have moved beyond Albert Kelly. Um, well, I think they're probably waiting on Tyson Gamble to yeah. just nail that gig because I think Gamble's got so much more potential than Kelly does. Yeah. And they're only sticking with Kelly because of experience, I think. That's it. Yeah. Um, but there's so many great players in this Broncos team. Like Corey Oates, you don't have to worry about him. He's a very good player. If Katoni Staggs can stay on the field, he's a real strike weapon out wide and can break a game apart. Herbie Farnworth, you know, he had a great year last year. Um you know, Asako, if he gets his defence in order, he can be pretty handy at the back for them. They're going to have Reynolds in the halves. And I really do like their forward pack. If their forwards can get their def- <coughs> their defence under control, they're going to be a bloody good team, I reckon. The, the potential's there. Mm. Um, I also hope Selwyn Cobbo gets a lot of game time because that kid looks like an absolute bloody star. Yeah. Um, bloody fast too. Mm-hmm. Um, just pretty much then there. They've um, we'll go through some of the changes they've got there. So obviously Adam Reynolds is in, Kirk Capewell's in. They picked up Brinko Lee, Corey Jensen, um, Jordan Pereira, Ryan James. Yeah, not too sure on that one. Tamara Martin's come back from retirement after that uh, very scary head injury he had there. Yeah, obviously picked up Billy Waters as well. They lost Xavier Coates to beat the Penguin Junior. Brody Croft. The Croft loss is not a big one. No. Anthony Milford, another one they can do without. Uh, Alex Glenn retired. They released <laughs> quite a few, actually. John Asiata, uh, Richie Kenner, Ben Teo, Carmichael Hunt. Jesse Arthurs went to the Warriors. Danny Levo went to Huddersfield. And Ethan Bullmore went to Manly. And, and, you know, you look at all of those plays and they're all addition by subtraction. Like... There's yeah. none of those players that they need or you look at and think, oh, man, I wish they'd kept him. Well, They've made good good moves there. They could have hung on to Coates. Mm-hmm. That kid's a genuine superstar. He's going to be absolutely nailing it at the storm. I think that's the one loss that they will regret. Yeah. Um, but at least he's just a winger, you know? Yeah. Um, Bullamore might, might be the other one. He was a pretty pretty solid player at the uh, at lock. Um. But you know they should be should be okay there. Their their depth is a little bit questionable because what they did lose was a lot of depth players. Yeah. Um. So the depth's not not looking too fantastic. Palmerbet has them making the eight at two dollars seventy five, which is pretty good odds. Like they're definitely ones I would jump on. Uh. To finish in the top four, they're eight bucks, which is probably too far of a stretch for them. Yeah. Um, 
to miss the top eight, they are, I'm just finding it, to miss the top eight, they're 145. So they are favouring them to miss the top eight. But I like them. I like them. I think they're going to make the top eight. Yeah, all right. We'll move on to Canberra here. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you ever seen a team find its premiership window and then run out that fucking window and burn the house down around that window <laughs> as quickly as the Raiders have? They made that grand final. And it looked like they were setting themselves up for a few years at least of solid, consistent football where they would just be in and about, say, the top six. But after the grand final, just the arse fell out of it. and They've just been meek. I think the Canberra Raiders are the most mentally weak team in the NRL outside of one that is from Wests. <laughs> um, they have already had to have... Graham Annesley come out and say that the league hasn't got something against the Canberra Raiders. They haven't got a grudge against them. We haven't played a game of football yet. All they do is piss and moan about the rule changes. The coach is always whinging about the referees. The players are always whinging about being disrespected. And they've won nothing. Like, they're just mentally weak. And I don't know what they expect from the rest of the league. I think they're a joke of a club. I think that they have so many players that are just, they crumble under pressure, and that's just who the Canberra Raiders are. The the silly thing about this whole complaining about the rule changes more than anything is these rule changes impacted, obviously, all 16 clubs. Mm-hmm. And all 16 clubs um, had to learn ways with the cattle that they had to work around the rules. And Ricky Stewart refused to. It was almost like he thought, if I refuse to play by the rules, then the rules will change to accommodate me. And they don't, Ricky. Mm-hmm. I know Stewart didn't like the rule changes, and I agree with him on that for the most part. But just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean that you can't ignore them. You've got to change your squad to be successful. And he just refused to change their play. Uh, and his team struggled with it because he had big forwards on the field and big forwards on the bench. And the whole idea was as soon as they got a bit gassed, you bring them off and you just keep these machine rotating, these massive humans that were just punching holes through teams through the middle. But all of a sudden, he was getting to the one-hour mark in a game. All his forwards just tanked. And so the middle starts to fall apart a little bit. So all teams learned how to do was just keep with the Raiders till halftime. That's all you got to do. And sure enough, Raiders have been run down in the second half of games for the last two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's... They love being plucky losers. I know. They, you know, they, you love this... going, they love going back down the highway and everyone's saying, oh, that's bad luck. The referee was against you and, you know, better luck next time. And they win nothing. And, you know, they need to stop putting so much stock in loser players with loser careers who don't come up big when it really matters. Um, You know, we've even got another case now where there's a player's, you know, wife or girlfriend is having to go at their club on Instagram, which has happened a number of times at Canberra. And it's like, what type of environment are they really cultivating down there where this shit's happening? Um, 
I, I, I just don't understand it. It's just a loser club with a loser attitude. And I've just written them off. They're not making the eight. I haven't got them making an eight, the eight, do you? No, I've got them. I, I've probably got them higher than you have. I've got them at ninth, but I think it's going to be, I think this year we're going to have a bit of a gap between eighth and ninth anyway. I um, agree. I, I have them making ninth as well, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you may disagree with me on this one, but after looking at the the Raiders' results and performances in the last two years. Mm-hmm. George Williams, um, for all his faults and whatnot else, I think he had to, you know, not directly, but he shouldered most of the blame for what was going wrong with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any halfback you put in there was going to change the way they were because they were trying to play this, as I said, this rolling big men through the middle game football, it doesn't matter who your halfback is if that's your game plan. And so they they asked him in the hope that this will fix everything. And you're going, that wasn't the problem. You, you're fixing a problem that doesn't exist. Yeah, but keep in mind, George Williams left. You know, he, I know, he, but they, they were also not exactly supporting him a great deal on the field. True, true. The game plan just did not suit him. I mean, so you like about a lot of English players, but the way their halves play, it's obviously they have no no interest whatsoever in defence. But you don't sign a halfback for the defensive ability. He did have a reasonable enough uh, kicking game, had enough variety in it to be threatening enough over here. He had this, he does have a good running game. His passing game, it's not it wasn't too bad, but it was good enough. I'm I'm happy to say that I think he would be good enough to be an NRL quality player. I'm not going to say he'd be a superstar. I'm putting him in around that Luke Brooks sort of area. I'm not saying that as a joke. I've said before, Brooks has got a lot of good skills, but there's a few things that he struggles in, which brings him down a fair bit. I think George Williams is a similar mould. Um, they've brought in Fogarty, who's obviously an upgrade. There's no doubt about it. But They've got to change the game plan if they're going to get any value out of Fogarty. That's and the problem. The problem is Fogarty's about to miss four months. That doesn't help either. Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I just... But I mean, even even if he was playing, though, the problem still exists. That it's, the, the game plan has to change, and the way they use the forwards and their bench has to change a little bit. Yeah, look, I thought Fogarty was a good signing. I thought he was going to really improve the Raiders quite a bit. And part of why... I think now they won't make the finals is because he's going to be missing most of the season. Um, he's the best halfback that they've had for years and years and years. And I thought that he it would be great to finally see them with a halfback, you know. Um, you know, Palmer Bet has them missing the eight as well. They've got them at $1.55 to miss the eight. And I just think that between they're two fifty two make the eight, you know, so they're favoured to miss it. Um, I, I just, I've written the Raiders off. They're one of those teams where it's like, I don't care about them anymore. They're, they're just irrelevant now because they will sit down there in Canberra and they'll, you know, piss and moan about everyone's against them and all this stuff while everyone else just gets on with playing the game. I, I'm just over there whinging. <laughs> I really well, am. I really I, am. I look on them on paper and the the squad is solid enough. Um, like you've got Starling at hooker, Hodgson's there as well. So there's plenty of depth and strength there. Um, Whiten at 5'8 is 
obviously an explosive ball runner. And he can be parked out on the left-hand side because you've got Whiten on the right-hand side. So you've got good attacking options either side of the field. And obviously you've got Papali punching holes through the middle. So their attack's not going to be too bad, especially when, you know, when Fogarty gets out there. He, he knows how to use those players. Um, it, it does come down to the game plan. So I that's the kind of the reason why I've got them at ninth. I think they are capable of of uh, winning enough games to be competitive for the majority of the season to, to reach the finals. But I think they'll they'll fail at the last step because they just choke. Yeah, they are, uh, it'd be a good place to open the linen company because they, they are the best when it comes to folding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, they've picked up Adam Elliott. Mm-hmm. He's been a bit of a basket case off the field. And uh, to be honest, there's been a few players that have been like that when they've been at Canberra. Yeah. Do you think Ricky can get him to pull his fucking act together? Because he's a handy player when he's focusing on footy and not being a dickhead off the field. No, I don't think they can. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I really don't think they can. So you remember, he's going to be spending a winter in Canberra. Do you know what that does to a person? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> well, I grew up near the mountains, so I understand what the cold can do to a person, especially if they've not come from that area. Uh, um, it's, it's, and, you know, they get bored, and then all of a sudden they you start fighting people in Braden. It's just not good. Yeah, well, you know, you've got to keep warm somehow. Yeah, exactly. Um, they've, they've not been too busy on the play market, so they've only had four signings. It's mm-hmm. Fogarty. Peter Holler from the Cowboys, Adam Elliott from the Bulldogs, and Nick Kotrick comes back from the Bulldogs. Uh, George Williams obviously left last season. Ryan James has gone to the Broncos. Uh, Havili to South. Simonson to Parramatta. Soliola retired. Dinamis Louis released. Curtis Scott released. Darby Medlin released. And Caleb Aikens has gone to Lee. Yeah, poor Caleb, Caleb Aikens. Aikens, sorry. Um the weird one for me is Kotrick. Like, remember they lost him and he was supposed to be, you know, a big name player that the Bulldogs got. And then the Raiders got him back because, you know, the, I believe it was one of those Phil Gould goes in and starts paying other teams to take players off his hands. Yeah. And, uh, that works well. Yeah. That, yeah, that's fine. That's how you have your 10 year plan. Um, but he, he's returned to Canberra and, you kind of look at his addition and it doesn't really feel like much of an addition. Yeah. Well, I'm so low on the Raiders. Hey, <laughs> you are. I am so low on them and I make no apologies. <laughs> do you think the Tigers can do better than them this year? Than the Raiders? Yeah. yeah uh, no, but they have a similar Pihar attitude at the Tigers. <laughs> so, because I, I just wanted to gauge just how low you were on them. Nah, they're okay. <laughs> Not that low. I'll, I will say this, that the Raiders have more talent in their side. Yes. But because they're similarly gutless to the West Tigers, <laughs> they will do nothing. There we go. It's good to know. We need to have mm. that mm. that gauge. Now, I'll move on to the Bulldogs. Um, and I think they're going to be one team that people are going to expect huge improvements from. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think they're going to get them. I disagree. So where did you have them finishing? Um, 12th. 
I have them finishing in eighth place. Yeah. All right. Here's, we, we've had Ben Darwin on talking about cohesion. And yes. here's the problem the Bulldogs have. Yes. A new fullback, a new centre, a new 5'8", a young halfback in just his third season, I think. I was talking about... Jake uh, Avarillo. Avarillo, yeah. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King, who actually started out as a 5'8", and has been converted into a hooker. And then there's a few new forwards in there, a few outside backs as well. There's a lot of combinations that mm-hmm. have never played alongside each other before that all start next, you know, this weekend. Yeah. Um, and look, they'll, they'll get, they will be better and they will get wins under their belt and their attack will actually start looking good again, hopefully. Um, and I, I can't see them being a side that gets belted around anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be competitive a lot more often. But that cohesion could be the sort of thing that sees them struggle through the first half of the season before it starts to click. And they'll come home with a wet sail. I'm confident of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it may be too little too late by then. But that's that's where I'm looking at there. A high, I'll, I'll say it's a high 12th. <laughs> okay. I, like, I... I wrote an article about how it really is a balancing act between um, talent and cohesion because there's no doubt they're much, much more talented side than last year. Um, And the cool thing is we're going to see it. We're going to see the experiment play out. I don't think Trent Barrett has any excuses this year. I think they need to look good. And, you know, so far he has yet to prove he is a first-grade coach by any stretch. There's just not been one single moment We've looked at Trent Barrett and said, oh, you know what? He did this. He's done nothing. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can actually get this team to improve over the course of the year. I really like their forward pack. I think Matt Burton is going to help them a hell of a lot in the halves. Um, They've got some decent players in the backs as well. It's just going to be a matter of if they can gel in time. And I just feel like they're going to. You know, we've, we've seen them not roll over at certain points of the year over the last couple of years. And I'm hoping that some of that sticks with this team, even though it's almost a brand new side. It's really crazy to see. Um, Palmer bet has them favored to miss the eight. So you can get a dollar 45 for the Bulldogs to miss the eight. If you put money on them to make the eight, you can get $2.75, which is pretty juicy odds. If you think that they're going to be, at least close to it. Yeah. Better than I thought. Yeah. Much better than I thought. Um, yeah, so... Avarillo is going to be one to definitely watch to see how he goes in that whole new structure. He does look like he's got all the skills to get the job done. Mm. Um, but having so many new faces around him kind of means... You know, in my view, anyway, it means his development will sort of stall a little bit this year, mm-hmm. only because he's got to start all these combinations all over again. So a lot of fans have to be patient with him just for this season. And I think I think next year is when the Bulldogs start to actually show huge improvement. I've, yeah. I've got him as the top eight side for next year, and they'll get kick out at least next year. Um, look, I. I I'm going to be really interested to see how Matt Burton, if he takes control of this team as a playmaker, because we've seen that he showed flashes of 
been a really good 5'8 when he was pushed into that role at the Panthers when they had injuries and suspensions and um, state of origin kicked in for them and stuff last year. Uh, there's already a little bit of talk that they said they would welcome him back at Penrith, which I'm sure the Bulldogs fans are really, really happy to hear about. The thing that worries me is that I feel as though you might get to a point during the season where clubs work out that if you shut down Burton, you shut down most of their playmaking. And that's where Avarillo's got to step up and really improve his game. You know, a lot of the halves that the Bulldogs have had in recent years, they've sort of just, you know, floated along and tried to learn the game and that's fine. But now, you know, there's more talent on the field around them and Avarillo really needs to show that, some of the football he played last year, he's improved upon this year. He's got a better halves combina- uh, partner with him, so that combination should be better. He's got better backs to work with, and he'll be behind a much better forward pack. So any pressure he can take off Burton will be a positive. And, yeah, I, I expect him to improve quite a bit. Now, one player who needs to really knuckle down this year more than anything else, Paul Vaughan. Mm-hmm. That guy's gone from being one of the elite forwards, not just in the country or in the state, but, you know, in the whole bloody world, mm-hmm. to carrying on like a pork chop and being a bit of an idiot. And his form on the field fell off a cliff. Yeah. He needs to stop doing that bullshit off the field and get back to playing good, hard football and be the player we know he should be. And that's what the Bulldogs need right now. This is, uh, for me, this is very close, if not... His last chance. I don't think if he fucks up again, other clubs are going to really be interested in him. Because, I mean, you can get young props anywhere these days and you can get experienced props anywhere these days. The fact that someone like Aaron Woods, who keeps his nose clean and keep getting gigs, should be the sort of kick in the ass that Paul Vaughan needs to know, we can replace you with mm-hmm. Aaron Woods. That's what we can do. You know why? Because he always turns up. He always plays, and he doesn't put our club through shit off the field. Yeah. And, and pull your thing, head in. <laughs> yeah. Look, Paul Vaughan, it feels like if he doesn't play really well this year, he'll be in Super League really soon. Yeah. And and it's, it's I terrible. have huge raps on him. I, I loved him when he was in, in top form. I thought he was one of the best forwards in the game. Mm. And uh, to see him fall so far, mate, I'm fucking dirty on him. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, one of one of the players I'm looking forward to seeing is Tevita Pangai Jr. Mm. Um, you know, his career ran, went off the rails at the Broncos. He moved to Penrith, was a model citizen. He wasn't there for very long, but he was very important to the Panthers' run. Um, if he can find a shred of the form that he showed at the Broncos early on in his career, he's going to be devastating for that for the for the Bulldogs. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how. He gels with, you know, that back row. It's him, Hetherington, and Josh Jackson. Now, Hetherington's going to get sent off every second game. We know that. But the idea of Tavita Pangai Jr. and Josh Jackson in the same back row, I mean, that is going to be really cool to see because that is going to give them a lot of mobility. And Pangai Jr. is one of those players that can tear the game open, you know. Oh, yeah. So if if he has his head on, he's sorted, he's comfortable in the environment he's in, and he's just ready to rock and roll. He could be their best player this year. Got a few hotheads in the forward pack there. You know, Luke, Luke Thompson. Yep. 
Pangai Jr., Jack Hetherington. Jesus. Not, uh, not going to say we're close to the win there, are they? <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Look, we've we've seen Luke Tops, Thompson do some weird things on the field. And look, Jack Hetherington, I, I keep on – I'm looking at the team list here for the upcoming round. I keep on expecting to see a red sin bin mark come up against him because it's just weird seeing him in the lineup still. It's, um, it's been a, this is the longest he's actually been <laughs> without being sin bin. <laughs> it's uh, we'll see what happens. They're going to be good to watch at least, which is going to oh, yeah, be good yeah. for Bulldogs fans because man, they've had some bludger teams to watch over the last what five, six, seven years. Yeah, they're finally starting to take shape with a with a pretty solid side. So. They've got a ton of player movement. Um, coming in, Matt Burton, Josh Adokar, Brent Naden, Matt Dufty, Paul Vaughan, Peter Pango Jr., Josh Cook from South, Max King from the Storm, and Braden Burns from South. They're all, with bar two of them, they're all named players. Mm. And they've been pretty good. And they picked up Matt Dufty, which was a really good uh, get. Yep. Um, as was Matt Burton. Naden, again, Keep your nose clean, you'll be fine. Addo Car, um, very good pickup. Probably on the expensive side, but you know what? When you've been struggling for a while, sometimes you're going to end up forking out a bit of coin for a play you normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting Pangai Junior, Paul Vaughan, even Braden Burns, all very very good signings, and they've cleared the decks a bit too. Uh, they've lost Nick Kotrick, Nick Meany. Renoff Tony, Will Hopawadi, Adam Elliott, Lachlan Lewis, Dylan Napper, Sione Katoa, Dean Britt, Chris Smith, James Ruminos, Brad Dietz, Watson Halita, Kiko Manu, Christian Crichton, Ofiki Ogden, and John Asiata. There's a lot of reserve graders in that list. Yeah, and a lot of them taking up a lot of space in the cap, and they've mm-hmm. cleared the decks hard, and they needed to. Yeah. The, one thing that they have to make sure they do is don't overcommit salary-wise, which is something that Fugle tends to do, yeah. Um, and then he has to start, you know, paying other teams to take on talent just to stay under the salary cap. It's not a good way to go about things. Did you see the big blow up during the week where it was uh, an old man in the media saying that the Bulldogs don't use a drone at training, and then an old man at the Bulldogs trying to say, "Oh yeah, we use a drone at training." And it was this weird midweek blow up that nobody on planet Earth gave a shit about, except those two old men that don't really like one another. Uh, because the old man who's who broke the story mm-hmm. knows so much about coaching rugby league teams. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not the sort of person to sit here and defend Phil Gould. God knows I've I've not done that much in the past, mm-hmm. but. If I have to sit there and criticise anyone, I'm not criticising an NRL coach who's won premierships and has been in the game for decades. Especially if I was just being a journo. Mm. I mean, the journo doesn't even know how to do journalism properly. What the fuck's he going to know about coaching? <laughs> he doesn't even watch the game. Yeah. Well, they're on way past his bedtime, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the bar shut, so of course it is. <laughs> Uh, so next we've got. Oh, actually, what are the odds for the for the Bulldogs there? Did we do that? Yeah, yeah. To make the eight and miss the eight. Yeah, yeah, we did those. Oh, good. All right, we're moving on to the Sharks now. Mm-hmm. And I think this year, because of the amount of changes that have gone at the club, people are a bit confused. 
and they don't know whether it's going to make the Sharks better or worse. They don't know whether they want to rank them worse because they just don't like them or, you know, there's there's this weird feeling that goes on around the Sharks. Um, I've got to try and, you've got to try and put your head sort of in a clear space, break away from everything you've not liked about the Sharks in the past, you know, the whole side of stuff. And uh, also the salary cap stuff. Remember that. Well, let's just call it all the Shane Flanagan stuff. Okay. Right, move on from that because the club now has officially pretty much moved on from that. It's a new era. It basically is because I think they've only got two. Is it two players in the squad this year that were actually part of the 2016 Premiership winning side? Oh, geez, that's put me to the test. I'm not yeah. sure. I think it's Wade Graham. And Andrew Fafita. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone else left there. Uh, so, no. yeah, I think you're about right. Was Mulatalo? No, nah, he was after that, wasn't he? Yeah. So it's um, it's basically a brand new team, new coach. The coach mm-hmm. has, was never at the club in the past. We've got to start with a clean slate here now when we're looking at the Sharks. So um, where do you have them finishing? I actually have them. Sixth. Ooh. And you know what? I had them missing the finals mm-hmm. when I started looking at this mm-hmm. uh, before I saw the trial games. I don't know. You don't take much from the trial games. But the way Nico Hines was playing in the All-Stars game and in the trial games has got me rather excited about the way the Sharks are going to play games this year. Because he's still playing the game like... like he's, he's got good control of the team around the field. He seemed to have clicked into that role really well. Mm-hmm. he's still got a very dominant running game. And he's not a small bloke like most halves. He's a decent-sized human. So you put a decent body with that mindset of run first, but he still has the delicacy of his game to know when to pass, to know when to kick, to know when to run. Um, man, he looks he looks like he's going to be a lot better at being a half than I initially gave him credit for. I thought he'd just be a five eight, and he'd be playing a similar role to to Whiten. But man, he he took control of that Sharks team and steered him around the field. And he did the same thing in the All Stars game. Um, so I kind of got wraps on him now. And if he's got um, Blake Braley fully fit and back again, that kid is a very good attacking player and very nippy out of half, uh, out of dummy half. And you have got Kennedy linking up with him at the back. Man, can't tell me that's not at least somewhat exciting to watch. I have uh, to finish in 10th. <laughs> you put Wade Graham on one side, you got a 5 eighth over there. Yeah. I, well, I, I tell you what, Palmer Bet has them $1, $1.90 to make the eight and $1.90 to miss the eight. So they're like split down the middle on it. Yeah, that's they've got them eighth, essentially. Yeah, I, I have them in 10th, and I'll tell you why. There's a lot of raps on Fitzgibbon. And whenever there's a lot of raps on the next super coach, it never works out. If you can tell me one of the next super coaches that we've ever had that has worked out, there just hasn't been one. Stephen Kearney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just keep going down the fucking list. Like, they just are all crap. So that worries me. I also saw during the week on the news, uh, Craig Fitzgibbon was talking about he wanted to change the culture at the Sharks and he wanted to channel the culture of the Sydney Roosters in a game in 2020 where they were missing all of their players 
they're good players and it was a lot of reserve grade players and they still managed to beat the Dragons. And I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> like, he wants them to have the culture of a, a different team that beat a different team from two years ago. Like, that just makes no sense to me at all. From one game. Um, I just... If he's, I, I mean, if he's talking about fighting spirit, mm. I mean, let's be honest. The Sharks have been one of those teams that has been able to play those knock them down, drag them out, fucking snooze fest games where the scoreline is like 16-14. Yeah. And they've actually been a team that wins the majority of those. It may not be a massive majority, but they'll win those slightly more often than not. Yeah, they love an arm wrestle. Yeah, and so that's not something that's new to them or something that's hard for them to do. They know how to do that already. Yeah. The last two years under John Morris, they learnt attack. Mm-hmm. And last year, it started to come at the expense of their defence. But and because and that's essentially what cost them a spot in the finals last year. They finished on the same competition points as the Titans, but their defence leaked thirty three points. Um, well, their points difference was thirty three points worse than the Titans, and that's what cost them a final spot. So that's all he needs to work on. He's got the attacking weapons all over the field. There, he needs to get that defence fixed up. That's it. Don't need okay. to change your culture or do any other fancy fucking bullshit. Just make sure the defense is good. I I don't like that they've got Matt Moylan still. I think that's terrible. I, well, um, the thing is, apparently they they re-signed him on a much heavily reduced salary, but he shouldn't be the sort of person they look at as being a regular in the seventeen. He should be he, a bloke they call up if they've got an injury somewhere, and only then you put him on the bench. He should be mowing lawns somewhere. He's not a first grader anymore. Like, I, I don't know if they really like sending, you know, players to a local physio to keep them, you know, in business or something. But I have no no idea why he would keep Matt Moylan around when he's just always injured and he ha- has had – how many good games has he had in the last three years? Like two or three? Yeah. I, I just don't know why he'd bother anymore. Um and I, I just, yeah, I, I, I don't have any faith in Fitzgibbon until he does something. The other thing that worries me too is Andrew Fafita feels as though the, he's getting more injury prone. And look, he's had a long career. That's always going to happen to a forward that has been through as many big games as he's been through. And I just worry that he's just getting a little bit worn down from playing so much football and I worry that this is kind of going to be his last year. Oh, probably will be. I, I think, player. though, can't be too harsh on his last injury, though, because, I mean, he copped a stray arm to the throat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, it's just it, it's just one of those things where you play a collision sport for long enough and all the bumps and bruises and then bad luck and all that, and he's a really interesting athlete. Like, he doesn't look like he's got heaps of cardio, but he does. He doesn't look like he should have the footwork that he does and stuff like that. And I, But I just think that the wear and tear of the game's going to really show on him this year. That really worries me a bit too. Um, and as far as like Nico Hines, I've got to see it. You know, I've got to see it consistently. I, I'm optimistic like you are, but I just want to see it first. That's fair enough. I will say this is about intra-profita. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to sound 
stupid to start with, but bear with me. The way he plays the game, especially when he was at his absolute peak, that 2012 to 2017 sort of period there, is the closest style-wise to what Arthur Beetson did when he came along. Mm. Now, the reason why Beetson sticks out and Fafita doesn't is because every forward prior to Beetson was a bloke who just did hit-ups and made tackles. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've got this big human who can do all of that but also drift across field, offload, have passing game, a genuine proper passing game. And Fafita has that similar sort of style. And when you see the when you see Fafita at his peak and you know that and still see it and go, wow, that's impressive. Imagine how much people's minds were blown when they saw Beetson doing it. That's why Beetson's an immortal. Yeah. Beetson was better at it than Fafita, comfortably. Comfortably. But it just shows you just how impressive that sort of skill set is for a prop. It doesn't happen it, very yeah. often. Look, they must have looked at Bates and have been like, what's he doing? What's he doing? Wait, wait a minute. He passed. He got through. Like, he's put on a pass and they've scored. But what's he doing? <laughs> yeah. It's, the other thing I can liken it to is when Benji Marshall came along. Mm. Like, you see the steps and the crazy passing and you go, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm watching magic in front of me. Mm-hmm. That's what Beetson was doing in the forward pack. People don't do this. Um. So, yeah, it's. Style-wise, it's kind of similar. But, uh, yeah, beats him far more consistent and a much better fighter as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't by any means a comparison, just sort of a, an explanation, I guess, so people can understand the way Beaton played. He was a nah, much better version of Andrew Fafita. I see what you're saying. Andrew Fafita, Beaton. We got it, Andrew. Same, same play, same ability. Make, make them both immortals. Yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> Um, the, uh, what's we got here? Hopefully, for me anyway, Wade Graves stays fit all season. Yeah. I actually heard him say, uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of the things that helped him, uh, feel like he was ready for this season is he took a really hard knock in training. And I was like, oh, I don't think that's how it works. Hmm. But that's the thing. I think last year he was saying that all of the knocks that he'd taken in the previous two years that sort of get concussed, Mm. they were hard knocks and they weren't innocuous ones. So take Boyd Cordner, for example. He was getting knocked out by pretty subtle knocks. Yeah. Wade Graham was, you know, he had somewhere, he got his head into the wrong spot and he hit someone in the square on the hip and they were heavy knocks that would knock out most people. So that was how he was getting knocked out. It wasn't the little knocks. So I think that's what he's getting at. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm with you. That's doesn't matter if it's heavy knocks or light knocks that are knocking you out. The fact you're getting knocked out means that it's going to become more prevalent over time, mm-hmm. more often than not anyway. Um, so that's a concern. So all he's got to do is change his defense a smidge. doesn't need to rush up and... Fucking destroy a human just to shut down the play. You can run up and just grab them around the shoulders and wrestle them to the ground. You don't need to drive your shoulder through their kidneys and take their spine out like it's some sort of fucking Mortal Kombat move. <laughs> and that, Steady, Dax, just bring it back a bit, Wade. Look, and that's the thing that worries me about the Sharks. There's so many players in their in their lineup that it's like 
you could see them really quickly getting into injury problems and having a roosters type season where they've just got half a dozen players who just a bit unlucky with injuries at this point and they are getting knocked down and that's what really worries me too. Yeah, the thing is though, I think they've been smart with their recruitment. So they've got pretty much good depth for every position on the field. So it's almost like they've decided, you know what, we are going to go out there and we're going to fucking destroy ourselves because we know we've got some pretty decent players to come in behind them if we need to. Let's just completely smash the first first wave of players that are coming in and just bring in the waves behind them and we should be okay. <laughs> How about the fact that Craig Fitzgibbon, first first grade coach as a head coach, and he has to miss the game because he picked up COVID? <laughs> like, that's got to suck. Oh, boy. That's not good. Was he hanging out with Adam Reynolds, was he? I don't know, but uh, oh, the timing's terrible. Like, he could have got COVID any time in the last six months and been fine, and he gets it, like, the week leading up to the first game. That's not good. It made me wonder if you could coach via TV. Of course you can. I think you could. The problem would be the halftime speech. Nah, you'd be fine. Do it by Skype. You could do it like... um have like a robot carrying a TV screen. That would be cool. A virtual Fitzgibbon. A virtual Fitzgibbon. What a brilliant idea. Mm. Um, so the Sharks have had some pretty pretty prominent um, pickups in Nico Hines and Dale Finnegan from the Storm. They've also got Cameron McInnes from the Dragons, Matt Ikevalu from the Roosters, and... Um, Lachlan Miller from Rugby Union. You know of him? I have no idea. Never heard of him. I, I think he played Rugby Union up. Nines. Yeah, I was going to say a Nines player. Yeah, so he wasn't actually playing proper Rugby Union. He was playing the Rugby League version of Rugby Union. Yeah, the the, the you could find park footballers that could play Rugby Union Nines. Yeah, so um, they've just, lost. Um, they've actually got made some pretty smart losses here. Chad Townsend's gone. Mm-hmm. Sean Johnson's gone back to the Warriors. Not that Johnson was playing bad. He's actually playing pretty good footy at the Sharks, but um, I think it was the right call for him to go back to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Aaron Woods has gone. Josh Dugan's retired. Will Chambers has gone back to Rugby Union. Billy Magulius and Nana McDonald have both gone over to England. They were, for the most part, they were losses that they had to have. Yeah, a lot of old players that were just not good anymore. A lot of big contracts. The yeah. Wolf Chambers signing was always absolutely ridiculous. Still One of the confusing. worst signings ever. It's still confusing. I don't get why they did that, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that's the Sharks. Um, moving on here to the Titans. And uh, I don't know what to think of the Titans this year. You know, I thought the Titans, after last season, for me, they were going to be a top six team this year. And then they lost Fogarty, and I went, I'm off them. I did the exact same thing. So where do you have them finishing? Tenth. I have them eleventh. Yeah. And I'm like you. I'm. I look at it and I like everything, and then I look at the halves and I'm like, they don't have a half back. No. It's. They've got these this pretty solid squad all over the field, but the one thing they need to make sure everything goes to plan. Is a, is a halfback, and it's just they've got a rookie. Yeah, and like, look, we'll see how he goes, right? 
but alongside him is Al, Al uh, Brimson. AJ Brimson, yeah. Yeah, and, like, he's a better fullback. He's an origin fullback. And I just... He is, but at the same time, you've got Jaden Campbell. Yeah, you've got to have Campbell. Like, we saw enough out of Campbell last year for it to be a case of his his ceiling could be way higher. He's so young, and physically he handled it so well for such a slight player. You've got to play him back there. He's not he he wouldn't have been a good choice to play at five eighth, which I think might end up being his position down the track. Yeah, but I just I and I know know you feel a bit differently about Brimson. I've never looked at Brimson and thought, oh yeah, he's good. He'd be a good five eighth. No, look, I don't see him as being the ball-playing type 5'8". He's going mm. to be, and I've said it before already, you know, the, the Whiten-style 5'8", where he's run first. He's got a, a good enough um, ball-playing game to be able to be that sort of link man as a you know as a 5'8", I guess. Yeah. Um, but that's all he is. He's just going to be a, a run-first sort of player. And to be honest, it's not a bad thing when you've got... Um, Isaac Liu, uh, Fotoaka, Proctor, Fafita. Just, man, they've got some bloody good units in the forward pack there to run off. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have too much skill there. you just got to be able to know when to run the right line and, and hang around as a as a support player pretty much. Just be Terry Lamb, so to speak. You know, <laughs> just be around looking for the ball. And I think Brimson's got a pretty good knack for that. So I don't think he's going to be too bad there, but... Um, it's a, it, it's not a strong spine. I mean, Campbell's in, I don't even think he's played seven games yet or anything like that. So, um, the hook is probably going to be Aaron Clark. Also hasn't played a great deal of footy. Um, Toby Sexton would be the halfback. Just a lot, a huge amount of unknowns in that spine. And that, that's a worry. Yeah, and the, the disappointing thing is they're so close. Mm. Like, they're so, so close. Like, if they had have managed to get an Adam Reynolds, you'd be like, oh, maybe top four, you know? Yeah. It, it's that close. But in a lot of key positions, you, you're just like, man, I don't know what they're going to get out of this player. Um, the Palmer Bet on palmerbet.com, They've got the Titans missing the eight, so you'll get a dollar fifty for them to miss the eight. For them to make the eight, you get two dollars. Mm. So they're favouring them missing the eight. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised at them, to be honest. Yeah, it's just so disappointing. Like they felt like they were going in the right direction, and ah, if they can pick up a halfback during the year, it well, might turn it around. They they picked up Will Smith from mm. Parramatta. And he's kind of one of those blokes that's sort of a a fill-in half. He can do the job, but he's sort of... I suppose Matt Moylan's a similar thing. He's more of a utility back than an out-and-out half. Yeah. Um, and so that's pretty much all they picked up. They, they've not they've not been at all busy on the player market, and that's understandable given how much money they spent in the last two years beforehand. They wouldn't have much cash space left, but... Um, so they, they picked up Isaac Liu, Paul Turner from the Warriors, Aaron Booth from the Storm and Will Smith, and they lost Joe Whitbread, Sam Stone, Tyrone Peachy, Jamal Fogarty, Ash Taylor. They released Mitch Rain. Mm-hmm. 
um, Jonas Pearson and Anthony Don retired. So they've actually lost quite a bit of experience mm-hmm. more than anything. I I would have thought they would have hung on to Mitch Rain just to have a bit of experience in the uh, in the spine, just for one more season anyway. Yeah, I, I was a bit surprised by that move. Um, how do you think that Fafita's going to go this year? Because last year he was disappointing. Um, we saw him play great in the All-Stars game. But I think, I think the problem they're going to have this year is with a rookie halfback, mm-hmm. he will have, you know, ups and downs form-wise because every young player has that. I think when his form does dip, he's instinctively just going to say, I'm just going to give the ball to Fafita. Mm. And Fafita's going to be getting his hands on the ball a lot more this year. And I think teams are already aware of that because he's got 17 tries last year. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. Really, like yeah. when he's playing poorly, he's scoring tries. Yeah, and so teams know that he's going to be getting the ball a lot. Mm. And with a rookie halfback there who will probably default to giving him even more ball, I think teams are just going to sort of put a lot of good defenders on Fafita's side to try and quieten him down a fair bit. Whether they can do that or not is a different matter, but I wouldn't be surprised if Fafita gets um, shut down a bit earlier to stop him from running. Because once he starts running, you know, good luck. And, you know, if teams start targeting him like that, that's where Big Tino needs to step up. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a he's a very good player. He's he's still one of those players, I think, that you would say it's a lot of potential there, and I would love to see that potential realised this year. Um, Fodder Waker as well. He was fantastic in the second half of he's last year. So I, I think that he's going to... I think he'll be one of the best forwards in the game this year. They've got one of the best forward packs. There's no doubt about it. When we're talking props, second rolls and lock, mm. very few teams can touch them. Mm. It's very strong. And as I said before, like it's good to have different body types in the front row, in the back row, and at lock, um, and different skill sets with them all as well. Like, Proctor is not the same sort of player as David Fafita. No. Um, Fodawaka, very different body to Isaac Liu. Um, Big Tino as well, probably a bit more similar to Fodawaka. But they are just fucking steam trains. They can just roll through anyone. And... And you've got the likes of Jared Wallace on the bench as well, who is just more of that solid bloke who can come in and just do the dirty work. He'll do the hit-ups. He'll mm-hmm. do the tackling in the middle. Those those guys that you just need to have in your team. So they've got that really good mix um, and good mix of experience with youth as well. I do. I really do like their forward pack. I just wish they had have hung on to Rain for one more season. I think that would have made it absolutely perfect. Rain or Fogarty, you know, just one of them. Oh, well, Fogarty. Obviously more. Mm. I think his loss is a big problem. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they go there. Um, Manly's next. Ah, uh, Manly. It's they had that crazy year last year, where they started off the season looking like atrocious. They were so bad. Like you and me were saying, Des Hasler's got to go and stuff. And then about two weeks later, they turned into the greatest football team that ever graced the, <laughs> graced the field, uh, led by Tom Trebojevic, obviously. But then towards the end of the year, teams, the better teams, showed that they'd worked them out. And that's what worries me about Manly this year. 
Yeah, the the key that teams found out was not you can't stop Tom Trebojevic. So the plan is stop him getting the ball as early in the play as he can. So rush Cherry Evans so he can't get the ball out to ter- to uh, Trebojevic. Make him take the closer man. Make him take a forward instead. And that's what they were doing. And so Trebojevic was kind of being starved of the ball by defence just rushing the halves. That was pretty much, I mean, the genius of it all. Um, and when Tom was getting the ball, it was kind of either too early in the set or too late in the set. And so teams were able to slide and sort of accommodate for it a little bit. It was still bloody effective. Um, but, yeah, the the problem you get with Manly is there's just a few players there. Tom's one of them, Kieran Foran at 5'8", um, where they've just got that injury-prone sort of tag over their head. And yeah. you know if they lose one of those two, especially Trebojevic, um, they can go from being a top-four team to being a top-bottom-four team very quickly. And that's yeah. that's the concern with Manly. So where did you have them finishing? I actually do have them at fourth. Okay. I've got them at, in seventh position. Um, so the, the thing I've got with Manly is um, they've not had a great deal amount of, of change to their side. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they were that, you know, I don't think they finished too disappointingly last year. Obviously, they would have liked to have win the premiership. Every team does. But um, given how they started, I don't think they was. I don't think they would call last year a bad season, and I think there's enough there to build upon. Um, so, and I think for me, some of the teams that finished above them on the ladder haven't got light years better. Um, and I think some of the teams that would just be below them may have actually slipped a bit further behind, which might be enough for me. That's enough reason for them to go up a bit higher. Because initially I put them down at six. I was going, oh, actually, that might be better than that one. I'm going to put them up to a few. Oh, that might be better than that one. I'm going to put them up to four. Yeah, that's high enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just worry that it's going to continue the, the teams really working them out a little bit and that, that injury cloud that was always hanging over Trebojevic, um, that has always worried me. And look, Kieran Foran, played a lot of games last year. Yeah. And that hasn't happened in years and years either. Since and, he was last at Manly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that worries me a bit. Um, Palmer Bet has them basically making the top four as well. So they're the fourth um, lowest odds to finish in the top eight. They're at $1.18 to finish mm. in the top eight. They're $5 to miss it. Yeah. If you look at the top four finish, they're $1.95 to finish in the top four. So they've got they've got them pretty highly rated as well at Palmer Bet. There you go. Um, so I, I initially was going to say, um, prior to the news of him signing elsewhere, that Dylan Walker needed to pull his finger and actually have an absolute blockbuster of a season, but the Warriors are signing for next year, so he'll just plot along again this year. Yeah, he'll... Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he plays... More in reserve grade this year. He should. Mm, I agree. I, I don't see a spot for him in this side anyway. I couldn't believe it when the Warriors signed him. I don't know yeah. what they're looking at. We, I, I made a tweet at the time saying it was very West Tigers-like signing in the sense that they just signed a bloke who was available, not because they needed him. How many mm. halves 
do the Warriors have? And how many more do they think they need? Yeah, I I just don't get it. It, it it's they've got the best halves depth in the in depth in the comp comfortably. You got Harris Tavita, <laughs> Johnson, um uh Nicarima. Mm-hmm. You can throw this guy in there as well. And another guy there as well. I can't remember his name now. You can have like four or five halves there. It's nuts. Yeah, it makes it, it makes no sense, but you know, the Warriors do that sometimes. They do. Um, Josh Alloy, though, he needs to pull his finger out. He mm-hmm. was a very, very good front row at the West Tigers, and he's left the club and got worse, and that's pretty rare. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He, it's, uh, you know, last year I think that they were expecting to really build around him, and it just didn't happen, which no. was kind of crazy. And I know he did get injured, and people might think I'm a bit rough, but, you know, even before he got injured, he was crap. Mm. Yep. I agree. Simple as that. Um, they've only made one signing this year, and that's Ethan Bullimore. And they've let go Curtis Sirenin, Moses Sully, Tavita Funa, Jack Kachuski, Zach Sadler, and Cade Cust. So think, maybe they're clearing the decks for something. Possibly. I uh, I think Saab is going to be outrageously good this year. Yeah, actually, I, I think uh, Morgan Harper, too. Mm-hmm. I don't mind him at, at centre there. I think he would go pretty well. There was a um, I was watching him in a trial and he got a bit of space and it was Josh Addo car like speed where yeah. it was he, he he the other guy had the angle and it didn't matter. He just <laughs> he just blitzed him and it was like, Wow, this could be really special to watch that this year. You know, uh, I think Brad Parker needs to have a bigger season this year. Not only had a bad one last year, mm-hmm. but I think the problem he's got is Ben Trebojevic is eventually going to become an NRL quality player, and we're mm-hmm. only a season away from it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Harper's going to be the one he's going to replace, which means Parker eats, either needs to leave or get better. Yeah. Um, and I think this year will be that, that season where Manly make that decision on what they do there. Yeah, I don't know how old he is. I don't know if he's old enough to play in NRL yet, but I wouldn't be oh, shocked. He played, if... he played last year. Oh, there you go. I, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if by the end of the year he was a, a full-time first grader. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they juggle that. The other one, too, is I don't know what Manly's plans are to succeed their halves pairing. I thought Kate Cuss was in their plans, but they let him go to Wigan. So and then the other half they had was... Um, that clan went to the Warriors, Dylan Walker. So they don't really have any half steps anymore. I don't yes. know what, what they're going to do there. I don't worry about DCE because I, I'm not seeing any deterioration oh, no, no. from him at all. And look, Foran had his best year in like, felt like eight years. It was ridiculous. But yeah, it's, you would feel like this is probably Foran's last year where it's certainly his spot. You'd you'd hope that Manly next year are coming into the season saying, look, we're probably going to go with this younger guy alongside DCE. Um, But we'll see what happens. We'll see how the season plays out. Yes. So, um, who's the next? Melbourne. Well, it's all over for Melbourne, unfortunately. Um, They'll never be the same again. We write them off? Yeah, yeah, write them off. I think it's... It's really, really safe to write them off. 
yeah. as it is every year. Yeah. So um, where, do you, where do you have them finishing? Our second. I have them first. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Oh man. So if you look at if you look at the betting lines to finish in the top eight, they're a dollar seven. Right. <laughs> to finish in the top four, they're one dollar forty five. Uh, to miss the top eight, they're $7.50. Just let me find the, uh, to win the premiership, they're favorites. They're $4.80. Wow. And to win the minor premiership, they're favorites. They're $4.50. Wow. So Palmer bet has them like the team to beat this year. And I, I, I can't argue with it. It's just so easy to, to set those prices there because, man, more often than not, you're going to be right. Well, that's true. Um, they've had a, a little bit of churn in their squad this year. Um, but at the same time, you know, Nico Hines was basically a bench player before last season and Ryan Pappenhausen being injured and missing three quarters of the year is what gave Hines the opportunity to become what he did and get signed elsewhere. Um, Finnegan is a loss though, because he's a defensive powerhouse in the middle of the field. And those sort of players are not too common. So he's, he's going to be tough to replace. Um, they've also picked up Josh King and a couple of rookies as well. So they've not been, uh, you know, alongside Nick Meany from the dogs and Xavier Coates. Yeah. They've not been, too aggressive in the market, but picking up Coates was a really big signing for him. Yeah. Um, perfect replacement for Adokar. 100%. It, um, like, if Coates is there for the next eight years and is the Australian winger for six of those years, you wouldn't be shocked, would you? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Um, so, it's not a bad squad. They've basically kept their spine intact. Um, I wouldn't be surprised this year if... Harry Grant is the first choice hooker. I know he was basically on the bench last season, mm-hmm. but given Brandon Smith will be moving on at the end of the year, um, I dare say they'll stick with Harry Grant as the first choice uh, rake, just so they've got that cohesion in the spine already to go for next season. Because mm-hmm. that's just what Bellamy does. It's just roll onto the next season. There's no rebuilding phase. Everything just rolls along off the production line and just never stops being successful. It's a, Absolute beat. And the other thing is, like, this time last year we weren't talking about Nico Hines. They always bring somebody out that it's like, oh, who's this guy? He looks pretty good straight away, first game, like first 10 minutes. You're like, yeah, this guy's got it. And the Storm are really good at bringing those players through. I really, really hope that Pappenhausen can get through the season injury-free and without any head knocks because he was playing really, really good football last year. And then he copped that that bad head knock, and that was it. His season was basically over from that point on, um, and that really hurt the Storm. Like he was a, he was so difficult to contain, and it just made them that little bit easier to contain overall as a club. Um, I worry about George Jennings on the wing. I just feel as though he's he's a make do player for the Storm, and they do that sometimes, and they. You know, they can get by with players like that. Coates, I wouldn't be shocked if he was the top try scorer at the end of the year. Um, 
but yeah, it's the Storm. They're just going to do what they always do. They're going to be really, really hard to beat. And yeah, I've got them winning the minor premiership again. Yeah, I said, I've got them a second. The, the thing I think we'll see from them this year is um, probably blooding some, some new young players because they're going to lose both the Bromwiches mm-hmm. next season to Redcliffe mm-hmm. and Felice Cafusi as well. Yep. Um, Brandon Smith to the Roosters. That, that's a fair chunk of their forward this year, forwards this year gone. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they start bringing through a few young forwards into the side as well, and, and they'll be looking, they'll be on the player market next year as well um, to try and cover those gaps. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Smith's playing at lock for the most of the year. Yeah, 100%. And Tyron Wishart is going to be a name I think we'll all know about by the end of the season. Tyron Wishart and uh, Bronson Garlic as well. I think that both of them will be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, the sons of former players. Yeah. Oh, Wishart is an absolute, um, you know, highly regarded playmaker. And he's been most of the offseason being um, coached by, exclusively being coached by Billy uh, Slater as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they don't know whether they'll make him a fullback or a 5'8". I mean, there's no need to make him either at this stage. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have that ability. And, you know, if he's building anything like his old man, they might end up just putting him at centre. Exactly. <laughs> we don't know if he's fast as his old man, but, you know, he, I dare say he is. <laughs> well, even oh, Mark Lang was wasn't, wasn't faster quick. than him. Leonardo. That's right. I'm still having flashbacks about that. I'm still dirty that we had a winger that was run down by a, a real old-school forward prop forward. <laughs> Uh, those are the days. Um, yeah, who we got next? The Knights. I have the Knights finishing in twelfth place. Wow. Yeah. I'm. They're another team I was stuck on. I didn't know whether they were going to be twelfth, tenth, eighth. I, I went with eighth because it's just an absolute logjam. I think between sixth and eleventh, I was just a bunch of teams all of kind of a bit meh. Although they've got different varies of meh. <laughs> well, you know, Palmerbet has them at one dollar twenty eight to miss the eight, and to make the eight, to finish in the top eight, they have them at three dollars. So they've got them at, as outsiders too. Yeah, they the do. Thing that the thing that worries me about them is I think that the coach has not proven himself just yet. One of those next great coaches in the game, he just hasn't really done much. Um, He's apologised a lot. Yeah, that's about it. You He's know? taken ownership. A lot of things are all on him. And look, that, that's noble and awful what it is at the time. But, you know, when you do it all season, um, it's boring, repetitive, tiresome, and it doesn't do anything for anyone. Just stop taking responsibility and start getting results on the field. That's all anybody wants from your coach. Exactly. And look, when when it was round one last year and we saw vision of him throwing stuff across the change rooms, and it's like, dude, you you know you're busting your nut way too early. You don't do that right now. And I feel like the squad responded to that because they're professional footballers. You know, yeah. they know what you should be doing as coach and what you shouldn't be doing. And that's, you know, you can blow up as a coach, but you've only got a few of those blow-ups in you. 
before the, everyone switches off and he's doing it in round one. It was absolutely ridiculous. And I think the squad responded by just looking a bit blasé about the entire season last year. Um, they had so many players that just didn't play up to where they should be, led by David Klemmer, who just looked disinterested by the end of the year. Um, Tyson Frizzell was just dire. He looked old, hey? He looked like he was pretty much on his way out. He was phoning it in. Mm. He was so poor, he was phoning it in. Watched him at the Dragons in his last few seasons there, and he was just remarkably brilliant. And then went mm. to the Knights, just like, fucking hell, man, what happened? Exactly. The other thing that worries me is that their halfback is Adam Clune. And I always think if your halfback is Adam Clune, you're in trouble. So this is the thing. I, I'm confused as to what the Knights should do with their spine. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think they should have Texo at fullback, Ponger at 5'8", Clifford at halfback. I agree. I agree. But it looks like they're going to go with Clifford and Clune in the halves, Ponger at fullback, and Hoy's just not in the side. And I just think that's weird. And the other thing is, too, like, Ponga has to make a decision pretty early on about whether he's going to take massive money and go up to the Dolphins or if he's going to stay at the, the Newcastle Knights. And his future is definitely as a 5'8". That's not as a fullback. It's always been as a 5'8". The Knights need to know now if he is worth a million bucks a year as a star 5'8". So what the hell are they waiting for? I don't know. It, it's a it's a weird situation they're in. Um, but I I've not seen anything from Tex Hoy to make me think that he's not capable of being an NRL quality fullback. He's looked more than solid. So I think so, he's been average. No, he's, he's been like, he's been perfectly fine. You, he's good enough to put it fullback, so you can get Ponger into the halves straight away. I don't think there's any issue there, especially like when your alternative is to have Adam Clune in the side. Yeah, look, I think they've got to do that. I think they've got to to put Taxoy back there. Like, what are they waiting for? Do they want to see Ponga run out next year as the 5'8 for the Dolphins and say, you know what, he would have been pretty good as a 5'8 for us too. I know. And they've got options. Like, they can put Gagai fullback if they want. Mm-hmm. Um, Bradman Best, I think they they flirted with the idea of having him there. Mm-hmm. They did have Stafford Toa at the club before the Tigers picked him up in the off-season. Very late in the off-season. Actually, it was so far late in the off-season, it might have almost been pre-season. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty normal for the recruitment of yeah. the Tigers. But they could have they could have done that. Um, so they had options everywhere to, to have a fullback in place, and they just didn't. And it's weird. Yeah. Um, so they've got a... If they don't have Ponga at, in the halves... Then Clifford's either going to have Kurt Mann or Adam Clune as his halves partner, and neither of those really fill you with any sort of excitement. Mm-hmm. One, one's a fill-in half, kind of a Matt Modern half, and that's Kurt Mann. The other one is Adam Clune. Yeah, exactly. And look, Jake Clifford, I thought when he got there last year, he was pretty good. I thought he played better than he did at the oh, yeah. Cowboys. Um, and I can see him becoming their five, their long-term halfback. But I don't know. I, I just think that there's a lot of questionable decisions about recruitment and who they're actually going with. And 
I just think they're going to slip backwards from where they were. I hated everything I saw from them last year. I really did. I thought there were so many warning signs. And where they ended up was, you know, almost in spite of everything. So I, I think they're going to slip back this year. Yeah, it's, I mean, I do too. I think I put them eighth field because I ran out of places to put them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty generous. Uh, so, yeah, they've picked up Gagai and Clune. They've lost Mitchell Pierce, Connell Watson, Josh King, Shibasaki, Blake Green retired, and Stafford Toa to the Tigers. Um, Tyson Brazil needs to lift his fucking game. Um, Clemmer, I don't think he needs to improve a great deal, but he definitely does need to improve. And Adam O'Brien's got to change something, man, because he's just stale. And it's it's hard to call a new coach who's only been there for two years stale, but that's just what he is. He, he really is, and I, I feel as though if they get off to a really poor start, he's going to be one of the first jobs that's under real threat. Yeah, he's under and pressure. The thing that worries me is that they would sack him quickly and then put in place a Danny Badiris or an old Knights player, which is the worst thing they could do. They oh, absolutely. Need, they need outside influence at that club more than most other clubs because they get very insular up there in Newcastle. They really do. All right, next up, we've got the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Where have you got them finishing? Last. You know what? I've got them finishing last as well. I made a a bit of a change up to my wooden spooners, and I just feel completely helpless for this Cowboys team. I don't know what their plan was. I don't know what their plan is going forward. It just seems like they didn't really have any plan at all. It's such an underwhelming team. Like you look at it and go, what the fuck? Mm, yeah. It, it's know. like they've had some problems for a number of years now with their recruitment and retention. And they got rid of Paul Green and it's just continued. Yeah. And that's not to say that he wasn't part of the problem. He was. He was, yeah. But, um, it just goes to show that it's not always the coach that's responsible for the recruitment because some pretty weird recruitment has continued here. Um, they've picked up Chad Townsend. On pretty big money as well, which makes no sense whatsoever. Why? You had Jake Clifford mm. and you ditched him for Townsend? Clifford's a better player. Yeah, and younger. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Um, they picked up Peter Hicku. Everyone yeah. needs another park footballer at centre. <laughs> <laughs> at least um, they've got a million-dollar player in the centres in I, Valentine Holmes. I mean, hey, if they wanted another average centre, we've got James Roberts. We've got a production line of them at the West Tigers. <laughs> call me, call me. Um, Jermaine Tanua-Brown from the Warriors, that's actually a good signing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brendan Elliott from Lee. Uh, if he's good enough for Lee, then why is he good enough for the Cowboys? Yeah. I. They've they lost Michael Morgan, who retired. They um, kept Cohen Hess. Yeah, that's true. Um, Francis Molo's gone to the Dragons. Corey Jensen to the Broncos. Justin O'Neill retired. Shane Wright went to Salford. Peter Holler went to Canberra, and Javid Bowen retired. 
man, it's going to be a, a long season at the Cowboys. But um, in the through the middle, mm-hmm. they're going to be solid through the middle with Tanoa Brown, McLean, and Tormalolo there with Reese Robson at hooker. Mm-hmm. <sighs> for down running off the back of those can be threatening. Yep, that's that's pretty much it. I, that's it. Yeah. I don't see much else. Um, you got to hope that. Sorry, Cal. I was going to say I saw this weekend that they've named Tom Lolo back at lock. That's the only smart decision you can make in that side. Pretty much, yeah. You, I was going to say they've got to hope that Tom did and Dishy finds whatever they saw in him. You know, he, he's he's been all right in some games, but. He hasn't really shown a lot of the promise people had in him when he was at the uh, Broncos. They've just got to be hoping that something clicks with him so that they can build around him. It feels like they're going to move Talmalala on, which is really weird. Um, it, this is a, it just looks like a club that they're starting the season and a lot of it you could move on right now. Yeah, I wonder if they're thinking that Tom Malolo for 10 years is too much for them right now. Not the, not the fact that it's Tom Malolo, but how long they're tied into that contract for. I think they're looking purely at the numbers and they're not looking at on the field. That, yeah, that's where I, I think I, they are at the moment, which is the problem. And I think the other thing is too, like he's on big money because he deserves it. Yeah. And they've really got him and not too much else in that side. And they're looking at him thinking – Man, if we didn't have him on our books, we'd have like probably a couple of million bucks to spend on players, which we desperately need. It's kind of like when the Tigers were trying to get rid of uh, Robbie Farah. Mm. Like he was the club's best player at the time. Mm. But, you know, costing a lot of money, not because Farah did anything wrong. In the same case, not because Tom Lowe did anything wrong. The club agreed to that, that large sum of money. Yeah. Now they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. And, like, he's worth it. Like, I would say oh, yeah. every single club, if if you get a phone call and you're asked, like, what do you think about Tamalolo? Would you like him in your side? Clear the decks. Yeah. Like, get rid There's probably, I reckon, five or six plays in the entire competition. I would say hold on to them over getting rid of them and getting Tamalolo instead. Like, Especially if you can convince the Cowboys to pay half his salary. Oh. Imagine if you could get Tomalolo for five hundred grand a year. It'd be a steal. It'd be knowing that he's probably steal. got what? Has he got four years left on that deal? And he's young for a forward. Yeah. Imagine paying only two million dollars to get Tomalolo for four years. It'd be insane. That's nuts. That's cheaper so, than that's cheaper than Luke Brooks. <laughs> that people think of that. But so yeah. to to miss the top eight. Uh, Palmer Bet has the North Queensland Cowboys at $1.16. So they're heavily favourites to miss the top eight. To finish in the top eight, the North Queensland Cowboys are $5.50. Uh, is, just, is there betting on wooden spoon? Yeah, there is. I'm just uh, scrolling. Here it is. Uh, no, that's winning region. I had it before. Hang on. I'm just going to find it. Least wins. Okay, least wins. Yep. They are equal second place on East Winds, least wins for four dollars fifty. Are they equal with the Dragons or the Tigers? The Dragons. 
There you go. How about to make the grand final? To make the grand final. 51? 21. Oh, 21. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, giving them hope when you really aren't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they're an average average side. Um, Cohen Hess, mate, this year he really needs to pull his finger because I'm pretty sure he's close to being on the last year of his current deal. I thought he was off contract last year and they re-signed him. Oh, he might have done, but it's, I don't think it was a long deal that they signed him for if they no. did. Um, but, yeah, he needs to pull his finger up because his next club, if it's not the Cowboys, is something in England. And the way he's going, it won't be a Super League team. Nah, he'll be playing for Featherston or something. Like yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a shocker, but yeah, uh they've got a new coach up there in Todd Payton. He got there last year and you know, the first thing he seemed to do was really stop using their best player as much as possible. Yeah. I just I look I understand where he's coming from from that. He's pretty much saying we can't be a one club player and he's right, you can't be. But unfortunately, that's what the Cowboys are right now. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to make signings like this, then you can sign yourself to continually being a one-club player. Mm-hmm. These are some of the worst signings I've seen. Tanoa Brown is the only good one. Yeah. The rest are either not necessary or bad. I just I, I wonder what the mindset is that you watch Chad Townsend and you see his career like just plummet, absolutely plummet to where he's a liability for the Sharks, and you think to yourself, you know what? Yeah, we need some of that, you know, and we need it on good money too. It it makes no sense to me whatsoever. All I can think of, okay, and I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible for the Cowboys here, is the coach has gone, we've got – Tabuai Fadau, Reese Robson, and possibly Drinkwater in the halves. Mm-hmm. So, pretty young spine. Maybe we should get someone with a bit of experience in there. That could be a good thing. Townsend has a reliable enough kicking game. Uh, and his passing game's not too bad. His running game is atrocious, but they'd probably look at it and go through the middle. We don't need a ball runner. We've got ball runners all through the middle. We're fine in the middle. Problem with having a pass-only halfback is you don't need to put a defender on them. Yeah. So your options that you're using out wide for your halfback to create for are going to have an extra defender on them, which defeats the purpose of running the play. That's what you've got with Townsend. That's what the Sharks realise. That's why they let him go. He become very, very, very much a drift and pass player. He would not take the line on. Um, so they're just looking for bare basics, decent enough cooking game, and can pass. They're not looking for playmaking there. They're just looking to play pretty much the most basic structured football they possibly can and hope that that leads to improvement that they can build upon. I, that's all I can see from this Cowboys team what they're trying to do. And if that's if that is their goal, then I think they'll achieve it. Will it get them wins? Not really. 
But if they're building from the ground up and they want to start at that level, then they're working in that direction. That's about it. But I don't think teams should be going that far back to basics. That's that's too far back. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, really tough season for them. I, I, I had the West Tigers coming last for most of the off-season, but last minute I've changed my mind. It just I look at this Cowboys team and they, they've got nothing. The reason why it's hard to have the, the Tigers last behind them is the Tigers know how to fluke wins better than the Cowboys do. Yeah. But the Tigers will fluke eight wins a year. I'm not, I'm not sure this Cowboys team can get eight wins in a year. No. That's the I, difference. Yeah, I, I think that the Cowboys, it's like they're at almost Bulldogs levels over the last couple of years with Tamalolo there as well. Yeah. You know, that, that's where they're at. Yeah, it's 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 not pretty. Um, yeah, they've, they've got to get, if they can get Cohen Hess to pull his finger out, then you start to have an option on one edge. Mm-hmm. But, because he's the only player they've got that I can see Mitchell Dunn probably as well, but Hess showed us in his first few seasons how good he can be and the, the ability he had. If he can find that again, then, yeah, they've got to throw it out wide. But mm-hmm. do I think that he's got it? No, I think he's no. done. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what happened, but I think he's done. I gave up on him. He's one of those players that I was just out on. Yeah, yeah, he's done. Um, next up, Parramatta. Well, have you seen all of the hype around Parramatta over the last couple of days? Like, this I'm is pretty sure year. they. Well, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they're going through the season undefeated. Yep. And they're going to win 12 premierships this season. It's going to be amazing. Their Big first year. premiership in 36 years, I believe. Yeah, um, they're going to make. They're going to bring back every midweek cup and trophy they possibly can and play them all as well, just to try and catch the the eels out, and they'll win it all anyway. Junior Paulo is the best all-round prop forward maybe in the history of the game, according to assistant coach Michael Ennis. He would um, know. Hey? He would know. Well, he's played alongside some of the best forwards in the game over the last, like, what, 15, 20 years? Yeah. So to put Paulo as the best all-round forward, that's uh, pretty big high rap. praise. Yeah. Yeah, big rap. Where did you have the Eels finishing? I've got them fifth. I have them in fourth. Yeah, see, I'm I'm assuming that injuries are going to be less cruel to them this year because they did they did screw them around a bit last season, mm-hmm. um, and they will they'll start strong, and it'll be strong enough for them to get plenty of wins so that they can have a week run home and still finish in that top five region. Um, I just don't think they have that X factor that gets you from being a top five team to being a grand finalist, let alone a premiership side. Yeah. You need something extra. And as of yet, they have not shown it. Yeah. Look, they've got rid of some players that were, they needed to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Blake Ferguson being the top of that list. Um, Michael Oldfield, just been, you know, 
he'd been around a while on the wing, but you know, wingers are everywhere. You can get another one anytime you want. Um, Keegan Hipgrave retired. I think he had, was he one of those guys who had some head knocks? I can't remember to be honest. Um, Will Smith went to the Titans. Joey Lusick went to St. Helens and they picked up a winger in Bailey Simonson and Mitch Rain from the Titans. Yeah. They've like, they've brought in new blood, which they needed to do. They probably could have used that last year. Um, Look, they've, the core of this team has been together probably longer than the core of most teams in the NRL. So I can see where they're confident. But until they can show me that they can lift to that next level in games that really matter, I'm not buying. Yeah. As I said, I, I see them being strong all year, pretty much, on the ladder anyway. But... I've got no faith in them doing anything when it, when the finals come around. Now, on Palmerbet, they are $13 for, to win the minor premiership, which is, I mean, that's huge odds on mm. that. So so Palmerbet doesn't really see them as, as uh, minor premiers. To be premiership winners, they're at $13. Uh, to miss the top eight, which... It'd have to be a disaster for that to happen. They're two dollars forty-five. That finish, seems rather short, to be honest. Well, when you think the Storm are seven dollars fifty, the Panthers are seven dollars, the Roosters are five fifty, Manly's five dollars. It, it is a little, a little bit short. Although it's been like in the three fifty-four dollar region, but there you go. Yeah. Um, to finish in the top four, the Eels are three dollars fifty. To yeah. finish in the top eight, they're one dollar fifty-five, obviously. So yep. they're, they're um they're right up there for that. But yeah, it's uh I don't know. I, the thing that worries me is we saw last year they faded so hard where they were almost free falling by the by the last third of the season. They pulled it together in the last couple of weeks. They played a very tough semi-final where they lost to the uh, Penrith Panthers, who would go on to win the premiership. And I've seen a lot of Parramatta fans saying, you know what, if this went our way and this went our way and this went our way and that was a big game and we really rattled them and stuff. And I know as a Panthers fan, it's like, man, you, you lot were just a step, you know, and weren't even one of the important <laughs> steps. <laughs> like the next week we played the great Storm team and, and, and properly beat them head to head and then went against the great South team and beat them in a, a pretty damn good grand final we don't look back and say, whoa, thank God we beat Parramatta, you know? <laughs> so, but the, it's not a bad thing that they've got that much self-belief coming into the season. I oh, think no, that it's way better they, they're they like that than thinking, oh, man, well, it's this year or never. Well, that there must be a little element of that to it too because they've got a bit of player churn already for next season. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Papali is going to the Tigers. Um, Aragon Kafusi has already gone, or is he going next year? To he's going next year to the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, Reed Mahoney's going to the Bulldogs next year. Mm-hmm. Cattle starting to leave. Yeah. Um, that's not good. So we'll see what happens, but I think they might be. The coach might have a little sense of desperation in, in this year, a little bit more, and. That can either be something that works in their favour or something that goes against them. It remains to be seen which way that will swing. 
So that'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens there. Knowing Parramatta, they'll start off pretty good and they'll give him like a five-year contract extension. He's the only person who gets contract extensions every year. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens. I I think that they've got reasons to be confident, but they need to prove it to themselves more than anything in the big games. They've got to believe it. Yeah, yeah. That's the main one. Um, next is the Panthers. Well, they're going to be without Nathan Cleary for the first month, which was a, a little bit of shock when that news come through. He's still getting over his shoulder injury. Um, but they've got the depth. They've got the junior base, which will probably, you know, it's possible that it'll spit out some talent. Uh, their defense is fantastic. We know that. The big question mark really for them is, do they still have the hunger after winning the grand final? And you never know that until you you get through the season and you're like, oh, they're a bit soft this year from winning the premiership. And sometimes you can look at a team that's won the premiership and say they're worn down from it. And that happens more often than not. Um, The reason I would wonder if they're a little bit complacent after winning the premiership is just because they're so young. Um, I think that that could sort of slip into their mindset a little bit. Outside of that, as a Panthers fan, I'm pretty happy with where they sit. You know, they've kept all of their key players. Um, It's a pretty settled squad. Any players that they lost, they can cover for them pretty easily. And they're in a good position for it to go back to back. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm finding it hard to see any team that's better than them, to be honest. I don't think any team's improved enough to be better than them. The only reason I didn't pick them as minor premiers, I picked them second place. Um, the only reason I didn't do them as minor premiers is I just think the Storm have that... Um, they, they they know as a club how to keep things rolling through origin and things like that, whereas it's a lot of it's still new for the Panthers. So I think that they will suffer a little bit more during origin than the Storm will. Um, they're on the same level of betting as the Storm on Palmer bet at 450. So them and the Storm are 450 for the minor premiership. To be premiership winners, they're a little bit behind the Storm. So the Storm are at $4.80 to be premiers. The Panthers are at $5.50. Um, to miss the eight, you get seven bucks. <laughs> Can you imagine how bad a season it would have to be for them to miss the eight? Uh, Ivan Clear would be yawning. Oh, yeah, he'd be getting so tired. You know, the only time I've seen a team in any sport, well, I guess the Lakers this year are a little bit like that, where it's like people were talking them up and then they could miss the playoffs. But I remember the um, Dallas Cowboys in the late 90s. There was one year where it was like, okay, Cowboys season, here we go. And it just fell apart really quickly, and it was all over. It was just all over, all of a sudden, their dynasty. Um, to finish in top four, $1.65, obviously, short odds on that. To finish in top eight, $1.09. I mean, you know, you're not going to get much on that. No. So Palmer Bet has them as one of the top two teams basically in the competition as well. Absolutely. Um, I think the one sign that they made in the off-season, uh, Sean O'Sullivan was a very good one. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty subtly skilled halfback, mm-hmm. and he will be good enough to help the Panthers through any period where they don't have Cleary there. Um, he has, he's got a pretty good kicking game on him. He's got a reasonable enough passing game as well. 
Yeah. Um, so he should be he should be fine, I think. They've yeah, you know, they've obviously not been too active in the market, but they have lost some talent, which does happen after you win a premiership. Everyone wants a contract upgrade, obviously. Yep. Um so they've lost Matt Burton, Brent Naden, Kurt Capewell, Tavita Pango Jr., Paul Momorowski, and Tyrone May, who's gone to Catalan. And uh they picked up O'Sullivan, Chris Smith has come back from the Bulldogs, as well as Christian Crichton. So just yeah. some depth players. The O'Sullivan signing, from memory, it happened pretty late. And I remember when it happened, I was a bit surprised by it. But now that you know that Cleary's going to be out for a month to start the season, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, especially so, when you've got Burton gone as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good to have a, a guy who can actually steer the team around the field and you're not putting that pressure on Lua. Because we saw a few times last year when Lua had to take on you know, increased leadership roles with playmaking, it did impact his own game, which then mm-hmm. impacted everybody else in the side. It threw the cohesion out of whack. So um, I think it's a good idea to pick up a genuine seven who can slot in there and, and look after that sort of stuff and let the rest of the team do what they normally do. Yeah, and I tell you what, if they can make three straight grand finals, that would be pretty impressive. And as we talked about in, uh, I think it was the previous episode, the fact that they're so young is probably the thing they've got going for them as opposed to other clubs that have been in this position. And also the fact that they haven't had to deal with players going away to international duties. So they've all had proper off seasons and things like that. So there are some advantages they've had over previous champions that are in this same position that they're in right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm tipping them to be minor premiers and premiers this year. Yeah, I I think that they'll win the grand final as well. All right, next is the Dragons. And uh... <laughs> this is another rough one. <laughs> Man. So many uninspiring signings after such such a shithouse season last year. Yeah. To have and I see that's because of what happened off the field. The coach clearly lost control of that group. And so they've had a huge amount of churn here as well in their player roster, but they've not... It's just more like for like. It just seems all pointless. Um, nothing about it just gives you any real hope. Yeah, especially in the forwards. Their forwards look pretty shaky. Um, I like some of the backs they've got. I like Terrell Sloan. He he showed some pretty good signs at the end of last year. Uh, getting Moses Suley, that's one of those signings where you think, oh, I'm not sure about that, but it could work out for them. You know, he could he could do some interesting things. Uh, ben Hunt's always solid, but that forward pack is uh, that it's just for the most part terrible. It's got weak. Real fast. Yeah. It was only three, two or three seasons ago they had one of the best packs in the comp, and then it's just got this. <laughs> um, I also like Lomax and Ravalawa. They've got that really strong combination mm-hmm. uh, out of that uh, right edge. Um, a ton of points. I, I would not be surprised if close to half the Dragons' points in the last two seasons almost, mm-hmm. if not three, have been scored by those two players. I think Dufty probably has a fair whack as well if you put those three together. They, I tell you they've what, definitely scored more than half the club's points, which is nuts. I tell you what, 
in terms of top point scorer for this year, you get 26 bucks on Palmer bet for it to be Zach Lomax. I'm not surprised, man. Yeah. You know what he is? Mm. You know how Jared Croker, your old mate, mm. has just has a knack to score tries, and he's a pretty decent goal kicker as well. Mm. Lomax is like that, but he's actually a better player with a lot more skill. Mm. Uh, a very good passing game for a young centre. Um, and he just, he's just one of those players. You just get those players that just know how to score just a shit ton of points no matter what happens. Yep, yeah. He just does that. Um, so, yeah, and I've got huge wraps on him. I'd, I'd actually like to see him at this stage go to another club that's better run. You know, it sucks to say that, but I agree with you. Like, I... I I wonder how he would go if he went to a club like even just Manly, somewhere like that, where yeah. they know how to to have a player like that and really utilize him in the best way. He, you know, he's in a rebuilding situation here at the Dragons, and that's obviously not an ideal situation for most players. But yeah, he's he's a pretty handy player. I, I like him. I'm a huge. I've got huge wraps on Lomax. I think he's great. Um, and yeah, him and Ravalara on that right edge is insane. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they play Mbai at five eight. Mm-hmm. He's not hugely skilled, but uh, I think he's just steady, and that's probably not a bad thing um, for Ben Hunt. Like Mbai can he can kick, which helps because uh, it takes just a little bit of that that um, responsibility off Hunt. Mm-hmm. He can run. Yeah, he's played a bit of fullback, so he knows how to, you know, run with the ball. He's not scared to do that. So that's another handy asset there. Um, you know, there's not a huge amount of of upside to Moses and Bob, but he does just enough of the things he needs to to be able to take just a bit of pressure off Hunt, so that Hunt's not just constantly being smashed by opposition defenses. And it might be enough to free him up to be a little bit more threatening. Mm-hmm. That, but that's the only reason why you sign and buy. It's not because you think and buy is great. It's because he can help your better player do, you know, get away with doing what they do and be more effective at it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you know, and and Hunt. I mean, I think Hunt's a really underrated player. He plays bloody hard, and he like he's one of those halfbacks that doesn't mind really getting roughed up either. Like, he'll go at the oh, yeah. line if he thinks he sees an opportunity. He's one of those blokes who can be both classy and rough as guts at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, look, that's why he ends up playing uh, hooker for yeah. Queensland sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I just think behind that forward pack, it's it's just a very rough forward pack. They've, you know, they've they've really cleared the decks in that forward pack. I hope that next year they've got a lot of signings that they're going to bring in and stuff because, you know, when you've got Aaron Woods as one of your star signings and he's starting the game, it's like, what are you doing here? Oh, he will. He will start most of the games this year. Um, what was that they got? You know, DeBellin came back and you know, we're going to his off-field antics, but... He came back and he went from being, I understand, went from being a test player, a very good back uh, back row slash lock, mm. and he was very pedestrian last year. 
even after he's got plenty of run, game time on his legs and he's back into the routines and everything like that, it looked like the game had gone past him. So interesting to see how he's gone after a full off season and but I don't know. It's yeah, it's a, it's not a very inspiring forward pack. It really isn't. It's gonna be uh a rough season for the Dragons. Um looking at some of the betting odds for them. To finish in the top eight, they're three dollars. They're one of the worst teams there. Um and to miss the top eight they are $1.40. That's actually pretty good value. That's pretty wide. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know what? If you that is really good value because I don't think they're going to get anywhere near the top eight. God, no. God, no. They're, they're going to be, yeah, I think they're going to be in contention for the wooden spoon. Yeah, so do I. So do I. I think there's a clear-cut bottom three teams this year. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they're one of them, definitely. Absolutely. Um, so, they've picked up Jaden Sewer, Francis Molo, George Burgess, post-op, mm-hmm. uh, Moses Mbai, Moses Sully, Aaron Woods, Jack Gachewski, Tiltau Moga, and they lost Cameron McInnes. That's actually a bigger loss than a lot of people care to realise because he was kind of one of those heart and soul type players. Mm-hmm. Um, they also lost Matt Dufty, which is just nuts. Jordan yep. Pereira, Adam Clune, Paul Vaughan, Kate Ellis, Braden Williami, Corey Norman, Gerard Beale, Billy Britton, Hayden Lomax. And Billy Britton's another one that they probably should hang on to because he's a pretty talented uh, hooker from memory. And they've got Andrew McCulloch, who is at the other end of that scale. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, and oh, man, we were talking about McCulloch's career being done when we started the podcast. 381 episodes ago. Um, but he he played okay last yeah, year. He was okay, but, I mean, they'd lost Cameron McInnes very early last season, both mm. to injury and then knowing that he'd signed with the Sharks for this year. Mm. Why would you then get rid of your other breaking Billy Britton, who's a very talented young bloke? Like you've got no one now. I, I, it's just weird, the recruitment there. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you get rid of Matt Dufty, one of your premier try scorers and best attacking weapons. But they do have Sloan. They do, but I mean, it's not like Dufty was rubbish. No, he I mean, was fine. He'd done more than enough to deserve a spot there. Mm-hmm. And a trim like that was really, really um, poor. Yeah, it was strange, wasn't it? It was like, what's mm. this guy got to do to get on your, you know, get on your good side here? And it was clear that. There was they just were ready to move on from him. Yeah. Which I, like, I, I would take crazy. him at the Panthers right now at fullback. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. He's a very good ball runner. Very, very good. And he can chime into the back line beautifully. I I I don't know why they wanted to get rid of him. Made made no sense to me, but there you go. Um next we're up to the bunnies. The poor old bunnies, they their window was last year. Yeah, I've got them dropping a bit. I've got them. Where'd I put my phone? I've got them at seventh. I have them at. I have them at sixth. Yeah, yeah. I think. The, and it's it's a lot of it is just it's Cody Walker magic. It's hoping that Latrell Mitchell doesn't get himself suspended or injured. It's a lot of 
Um, there's still a DNA of that grand final winning team that will drag them to certain victories over teams that they really are going to be lower down the ladder. But to lose Adam Reynolds, just the Adam Reynolds loss, that's, yeah. ah, it's tough. It's, it's heavy. Mm. Um, makes me wonder if they're making it, if they're planning on making a play for someone else next season. What if they put in a big offer for Ponga? See, the thing, I'm not. I'm You're not, not sure a big they, fan of him, are you? Compared no, to no, I, I don't mind him, but I don't think he's what Souths want because he's a genuine six, and they've already got Cody Walker. Mm-hmm. Like you can't play Walker or Ponga as halfback. Yeah, but the, uh, like what I'm thinking about is, I think that they're both talented enough to make do. And I think if you can get a young playmaker, you get him. You just get him. If you feel like he's uh, talented enough, get, nah, just grab him. For me, there's nowhere to put him. Like yeah. they got like like Taff, Taffy, fancy surname. We'll figure that out one day. <laughs> he looks like he could be their long-term halfback option because mm-hmm. you've got Latrell Mitchell at fullback, obviously. Cody Walker at five-eighths. They don't really have much wriggle room there in the spine. So, um, and I don't, if you put Ponga in there, who's, who's going to be your playmaker? Because neither of them, neither him or Walker are playmakers. Yeah. And that's the problem they've got if they go after him. So I don't think they will chase him. I think they're going to be chasing somebody else who might be off contract, but I don't know which halfbacks are off contract. There's got to be someone though. It's, it, it, and they've someone got to decent. be. Whoever it is, they've got to like if they come in next season, they've got to be ready to rock and roll. It can't be like, well, this dude is is good. He's going to be good in two or three years. It needs to be like we're, we're going not. one last shot at it. Let, let's see if this gets picked up in the media. What do you reckon, South sign Luke Brooks? No. Watch the media go with it. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I I would. I would, you know what, if Luke Brooks become available during the season to Souths on an okay deal, I wouldn't be against them picking him up. But I don't think he's going to improve them too much at all. I, I'm totally out on Brooks. I'm out on Brooks like I am Cohen Hess <laughs> and, the, and the Canberra Raiders. I'm just completely out. Well, the only other option I can think of might be Mitchell Moses. Well, he might have another year to go on his contract. Yeah, I think he re-signed. Um, I suppose there's also either Sam Walker or Lachlan Lamb. I, I'm out on Lamb as well. I heard too many stories about, you watch Lachlan Lamb. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'll watch him. And I've watched a long time and it's, I don't see it. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they chase there. So um, so the betting odds for them to finish top four, they are at two dollars because that they're kind of on that cusp that yeah, they're they going to make the top eight. Um, to make the top eight, they are one dollar twenty five. Yep. So they're going to make the top eight. They're not going to miss the top eight. Eight. No. So you're really the best value is probably to make that top four, but I don't think that I think that they're going to be out in straight sets in the, the finals. Yeah. Yeah, I think, that, as you said, I think their, their window was last year. They went close, 
but mm-hmm. things are starting to go the opposite way for them now. It's not often we see a, a premiership window where it's that clear cut, is it? No. Usually you, it sort of eases out. Yeah. This one's pretty fast. Um, they've not been very busy buying players. They picked up a young bloke, Isaiah Tass, from the Broncos, Michael Cheekham from the Tigers, and Havili from the Raiders. That's it. They lost... They lost uh, Adam Reynolds, Braden Burns, Jaden Sewer, Benji Marshall, Dane Gagai, Patrick Mago, Josh Cook, Brock Gardner, Troy Dargan, Steve Masters, and Tauto Moga. Yeah, there's so, a, some losses, some real they've, losses there. They've cleared some decks. Yeah. There's a fair, there is a bit of bit of money in there. So, yeah, yeah. you should see who they go after. Yeah, it, it really will be. Um, no, I wonder if they end up with Tamalilo. <laughs> I reckon they're going to chase the seven. I don't know who, but I reckon that's what they're working towards. What if Tal Malolo has a kick in game? We don't know it. <laughs> Even if he does it, I just want to see him at seven now. I know. Would he you be shocked? Would you be shocked, shocked if Tal Malolo was like ridiculously talented like that? Oh, fuck no. No, no. I wouldn't be surprised if Tal Malolo uh, knits his own socks. <laughs> that guy is just wasting him as a weapon. Um. Up to the Roosters. Yeah, absolutely decimated by injuries last year and possibly the cruelest manner we've seen for any club in a long time. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, just if you look at just the plays that they lost from head knocks alone, like, it was crazy. Um, I've got the Roosters. I don't think I'm not definitely not as high as a lot of people are. There's a lot of people saying they're premiership favourites and they'll win the minor premiership and stuff. I think they're they're going to finish in third. And yeah, I've, I've got them third as well. Yeah, and it, the, like that's not too much better than last year, really. No, last year they struggled because of the injuries. They struggled with um, consistency. So you'll find they had an awful lot of um, two wins and a loss, two wins and a loss, and they never really properly got on a roll. And that was because just so much player turnover due to injuries, and a lot of it were key players in key positions as well. Um, so it's very rare that you have two seasons like that in a row. So I'd, I'd imagine that they'll be largely fully fit and raring to go this year. I can't remember the last time we saw a team have five prominent players retire in a season. So they had mm-hmm. Jake Friend, Boy Cordner, uh, Josh and Brett Morris, and Dale Copley. Yeah, normally you see that in, like, a team that's been really good for a long time and then everyone retires at the same time, you know. it's But theirs was, like, lots of injuries and things like that. It was crazy. Yes. Um, the thing that worries me this year, Luke Keary, if he, if he cops another head knock, I think that's it for him. Um. I also worry about Sam Walker. He got bashed around last year. He was very slight, and he got bashed out of a lot of games. Apparently, he's put on a bit of weight, and I think in time he'll be fine physically, but the the punishment, I worry about the punishment he's going to take until he gets to that point where he physically fills out. Um, You know, is Victor Radley going to stay on the field? It's not Victor Radley's fault. You know, it's there's a lot of, you know, he gets targeted and stuff by referees and the rules and stuff like that. Um, 
but they they're going to be all right this year. They're going to they're going to win some big games, and I think they'll be in the the last, second last week at the very least of the the final series. And I wouldn't be shocked if they're in the grand final, but I don't have them as I, th- I think they're probably I would say equal maybe with the Eels. Yeah, they're they're in in and around that area. There, I think they've mm. got enough big known players who have done it enough times to have that experience to be more clutch in those important games than Parramatta does. So Palmerbet has them equal second favourites to win the Premiership with the Panthers. They're at $5.50. To win the minor Premiership, they're third favourites and also at $5.50. To make the grand final, they're third favourites once again at $3.25. So... You know that that's that's the area you're looking at with the Roosters. Yeah. Um. So they've had, um, again, not much when it comes to player turnover. There's the five players that retired, um, that I mentioned before. The only other losses they had was Isaac Liu went to the Titans and Matt Ikavalu went to the Sharks. So. Yeah, not too bad. They picked up Connor Watson from the Knights, Renolfo Tony from the Bulldogs, and Paul Momorowski's returned. Yeah, he's a solid signing. He's a yeah. he's a good replacement for Ikavalu. He's a good backup uh, goal kicker as well. Can play centre as well. Mm-hmm. So a bit of versatility there where they need it. I wouldn't be surprised if they play um, teenager Joseph Suwali on the wing predominantly this year. Mm-hmm. Um. Problem's going to come is if this kid comes along and he's absolutely as good as the um, the media says he is. What do they do with Tedesco as he approaches thirty years old? Do they move him on or do they stick by him? I feel like they're going to they would stick by him, but you know what the Roosters are like. I mean, the Roosters absolutely love you until they shove you out the door really unceremoniously, yeah. like it happens quickly. Yeah, they love you until they find someone better than you. Yeah, yeah, and then you you trash to them. That's right. Um, it's it will be interesting though. I I have a feeling he's going to end up being a centre. I don't know why, but it's just something tells me he's going to be a centre. I think that because of his size, f- for me, I think that that's that's his future. But we'll wait and see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what goes on there. Mm. Um, very good squad though across the park. They're, they're going to be pretty tough to beat. Um, next is the Warriors. The Warriors. Poor old Warriors. They haven't been home yet. No. No. And I suppose they're all sitting in Brisbane waiting for the news to go bad. <laughs> yeah, like just every single disaster has just affected them, you know. Um, yeah. It's terrible. <sighs> Look, I've got them finishing 13th this year. I have them finishing, let me see. I've got them finishing 13th as well. Um, I think that they'll be a little bit better than last year, not too much. I think they'll be a little bit more consistent. The I, I can't I can't fault them. I, I Like a lot of teams, I would start smashing and stuff. This is a team that's going to plays and saying, hey, we would like to recruit you. We think we would like to be in New Zealand, but we might be, you know, in Brisbane or, or we might be on the, Gosford or you know we don't know where we'll actually be and it's just got to be such a terrible way to recruit players oh. so I think that 
they just got to, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, it, it's really hard, especially trying to attract players who are, um, you know, New Zealanders. Because mm. the, the beauty about having a New Zealand team is if you want to attract the elite New Zealand players, you can, you can appeal to them by saying, why don't you just come home? Mm-hmm. And they can't do that for the last two years. And that's, the, that's taken a lot from them. Um, they've had some, they've, they've been busy in the play, in the, um, you know, cleaning out their, their squad, so to speak, because they've let go, obviously, RTS, um, Chad Townsend, they only had him for about three months. Yeah. Uh, Kane Evans, Lisa Narmia, David Fusatua, Sean O'Sullivan, Paul Turner, Peter Hicku, and Jermaine Tanua Brown have all left, and they picked up Aaron Penne, Sean Johnson, Ash Taylor, and Jesse Arthurs. And you know what? It's just keeping their head above water at the moment, and I think considering the situation they're in, they're actually been playing pretty damn good, and they've got a pretty damn good squad that they've kept together, considering everything. Um, in, in terms of the betting markets, they're fourth in line of the least wins this year. And even then, they're at $8.50. So, you know, uh, Palmer Bet doesn't have them winning the wooden spoon. Uh, to miss the top eight, they are at $1.25. So, obviously, that's very favoured to miss the top eight. To make the top eight, they're at $4.20, which is... You know, pretty much out there, but um, it's man, they're in such a no-win situation. I feel sorry for them. Yeah, look, just hope that they get to go back home and actually play games there this year. That's the only thing I want to see. Yeah. Um, the three-quarter line's not exactly brilliant either. I mean, it looks like it could be Montoya and DWZ on the wing, and Aiken and Pompey in centres. Yeah, mm. they'll have, you know, Reese Walsh, we'll see how he goes this year when he's back there at fullback. I Look, he's... I think he's going to be really good with um, Harris DeVita at six and Sean Johnson at seven. I think that's actually going to work really well with Walsh. Mm. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. They've also got plenty of um, big bodies on the bench, so they've got some good forward rotation there. Mm-hmm. Um, so going through the middle shouldn't be too much of a drama, but... Yeah, the edges looks a bit, how you going? I will say this, they've got, you know, if they can get back to New Zealand towards the end of this year and hopefully mid-season so that they can then recruit and say we're home, the pandemic's over, travel's open again and, this, you know, we're back in business. Yep. And then they can properly start recruiting again. They've got an, a... a Decently solid base to build on, considering Absolutely. everything they've had to deal with. It's it's kind of crazy. It's really shown how strong the Warriors as a club have become from where they used to be. Where I mean, we've seen Warriors teams that were probably more talented than this one by quite a long way, who would have fallen apart in this situation. Now I've got to ask though, do you reckon they've got they're, they're working on creating one of the more hated teams because they're going to have Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge in the front row. Mm-hmm. And they just picked up Dylan Walker. 
Yeah, it's a rough one. I've seen some uh, Warriors fans just being like, can they please stop signing these sorts of players? Because <laughs> they just can't follow oh, them. Like, man. And I get it. I get it. It's hard because you want to support all the players in your team. You just look at some of them going, I, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah, look, the Panthers had a player like that last year, and it, it, I don't know any Panthers pl- uh supporter that was like oh it's just not nice at all having him there yeah. uh, and when he left it was like thank god <laughs> you know so i can't imagine yeah i can't imagine what it's like having like that many of those players there it's and to be actively signing more of them. yeah but look maybe that's maybe they're it's some of the plays that they're only able to get because of the situation they're in where yeah, the club will take them on and they're, they're like, look, no one's left. We gotta, we've got to do something or we're going to just, you know, fall away and be yeah. spooners the whole time we're here. So That's right. Well, I don't know then, if that justifies the, the means though. No, I don't think it does, but I, I do go, I do get your point there. Okay. Yeah. Last one, the West Tigers. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is what you've all waited for, I'm sure. Where, where you have them finishing in 15th place, yeah? 14th. 14th. Because I've got the Dragons in 15th. Okay, I've got the Tigers in 15th. They just narrowly avoided 16th for me. Um, on the betting markets, to finish in the top eight, they're 27th at night. <laughs> comfortable, comfortable. <laughs> Palmer Bet has them at $5, which is second the second highest odds you can get to make the top eight, which seems pretty reasonable. Um, to miss the top eight, they are the shortest odds, $1.14. I was going to say, was it 98 cents? Let me see where they <laughs> if are. You, if you put a dollar on this, yeah. Yeah. Palmer better ask you to pay him two cents for every dollar <laughs> back when it hasn't happened. They are also favourites to have the least amount of wins on palmerbet.com at $3.50. That's, that surprises me a little. That's that's pretty good odds. I like them odds. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what are some I, of the positives? Let's try and be super positive about the West Tigers. All right, look, they're going to be very similar to I can't remember which team it was now. Dragons? No, Cowboys. The Generals. Cowboys. Um. <laughs> We'll not go through that. Um, <laughs> going through the middle, mm. right? They've got they've got some good, different various types of bodies going through the middle. There, you got the the big size of uh, Uchikamanu uh, and Thomas McKayley. You've also got the more mobile players like Alex Twole and Afangawi. You've got whatever James Tamo is in there as well. Um, Cash and checks. Yeah. So that's pretty good. And to have someone like Dane Laurie and um, Adam Dewey when fit running off the back of those, which they do pretty well, that's pretty handy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think the only other thing that we, we might see the Tigers do is – and this, I'm, I'm saying this because it's more more out of I hope to see it because it's something that's very old school. And I'm talking about something from the 1920s, and that is you have one halfback and two five-eights. Ah, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do this purely to help Brooks out. So you'll have Brooks at halfback. You'll park um, Hastings out on the left side and Dewey on the right side. 
And Dewey will be will be listed as a center, mm-hmm. but he'll be playing as a five eight. And this is a this is a structure that South Sydney more than anyone else used in the twenties. And South Sydney won a ton of titles that year. Now, I'm not saying that the Tigers didn't win because of it, but it's a it's a strategy that they used to add an extra playmaker on the other side of the field. And it was barely ever used ever since. And I don't know why, given it was so successful for them. But knowing that the club is aware that there's an issue with the attack through Luke Brooks, I mean, that's why they bought Hastings. They've gone, we realise there's a problem there. Let's get another half in. Because they've also said, we're sticking by Brooks no matter what. So they acknowledge there's an issue there because they signed another half, but they also said we're not letting him go. They also they also know Adam Dewey is, you know, possibly their best attacking player at the moment. So the, now they know that they've got three halves and they've got to fit them all in the side. I think that's what they're going to do. And Maguire is someone not afraid to try something different. Mm. So that might be the option they go with there. But... The big problem is not scoring points for the Tigers. It's stop, stopping them. Yeah. And not much has been done um, roster-wise to attend to that issue. I think they've got a new assistant coach to deal with that. It's they also brought, they brought Tim Sheens back as a coaching director, which I think is a bad sign for a club when you bring in an old coach to oversee your coach whose job it should be to the coach, you know. I, I think what Sheens will be doing more than anything is junior pathways because that's been basically ignored since Sheens left. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that Sheens was actually really good at was getting young talent from the region playing in the NRL side. And he constantly had them coming in. Sure, not all of them were great, but at least he was keeping that local talent coming into the side all the time. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if his main focus is going to be on that. Uh but yeah, it's. I think they brought in. There's a former Bulldogs player from the 80s and 90s has been brought in to do the defence. I think. Okay, who? Um, I don't know. I think that's who it was though. Um, the problem here is not the coaching Peter staff. Oh, not sure. <laughs> Could be. But the problem is not the coaching staff. It's a complete lack of communication on the field. Mm-hmm. in both attack and defence. And a lot of that has to come through your halfback and your hooker. And when the Tigers hooker, Jacob Little, is barely on the field because of injury and he's missing the start of the season because of injury, um, who's talking? No one. So he's just got a bunch mm-hmm. of blokes standing around. And if they pull off a tackle and stop a try, hey, that's a good, that's a good result. We're happy with that. But then, oh, fuck, there's six tackles in every set. We've got to do it yeah. another five times. And look, Luke Which, Brooks is Luke Brooks is as quiet as a fucking... Yeah, he's nothing from it. And that's, that's his only major fault, but it's the worst fault you can have as a halfback. You can have a halfback that is pretty average in every area, but if they're a good communicator, makes up for all of it. He's as quiet as Jason Taylor in a big game. Yeah. It's just he disappears, and and it's that's why I'm interested to see Jackson Hastings this year because I wouldn't be shocked if Jackson Hastings kind of bullies Luke's out of the way 
he, he just, and I don't mean like literally. I mean like he just says, "Look, someone's got to do this job. I, I'm going to do it," and he starts taking over that role. And I think if that happens, I could see where Luke's immediate uh, Luke Brooks immediately becomes available to other teams. And look, I think there'll be suitors. I think, as we said, Souths might look at him. I think the Titans could do worse than getting Luke Brooks in there. Um, he's not going to turn you into a premiership winner, but he's going to do the absolute basic stuff Stuff if you haven't got a halfback. That's absolutely right. Um, I do worry with the Sheen's influence there mm-hmm. that Hastings gets moved to hooker. Oh, that would be terrible. Yes, it would be. Yeah. And, that, and they'll do that so they can get Adam Dewey in at 5.8. And they'll think this would be a great idea. And going, no, it won't. Yeah, that would be terrible. And I think that Hastings would be pissed off at that. Because he, oh, yeah. he achieved a lot over in England. Like, you can say what you like about Super League. But he did. He, he within himself will feel as though he's a certain caliber of player and a half. And... I think he's backed himself going here to the West Tigers. And so if someone taps him on the shoulder and says, hey, we want you to be a hooker now, I think that that would go sideways really quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> well, that's that's all of the teams. Uh, so a couple of other things to wrap up. Yep. Who do you think will win the Dallium Award? Best player. Uh, I'll go with Pappenhausen. I I find it hard to not go with Cleary. And I know that that's a bit of a homer pick, but he's going to score a lot of points. His problem is going to be the amount of games he misses at the start and at origin. Yeah. That's the that's the only thing, and I think if he continues to progress as a player, though, he, he's going to start racking up a lot of wins and oh, yeah, three points. Um, top try scorer, who do you think will be top try scorer? Because we've Xavier got Coates. Xavier Coates. He's the shortest price favorite on ParmaBet.com. He's at nine dollars. Um, just looking through some of the names here. Who else could there be? Um, David Fafita's 41. Katonka um, Staggs is 41. If he could stay injury-free, man, that would be such a good bet. Lomax. Lomax. Uh, let me see. There's so many players on this list. Huh? <laughs> uh, I can't find Lomax on here. AJ Brimson. AJ Brimson's at $151. Yeah, Jack, Jack Jack Whiten's at $151. <laughs> Valentine Holmes is at $151. Well, I mean, that's the problem, though, with Holmes, is that he is, I mean, I'm sure we can agree on this, he's a great finisher. He's a finisher, yeah. He knows how to score points. Mm-hmm. Why put him at centre? Yeah, I agree. It's He's out of position. He's a winger. He's a winger, he's a winger, he's a winger. No. Josh Addo, Josh Addo cars at thirty four bucks. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Um, yeah, I can't see Zach Lomax, and it, it'll just be because there's so many names here. <laughs> Maybe just at massive odds, I might have to put a dollar on and get like 
15 million dollars back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Latrell Mitchell's at 81 dollars. Yeah, I, I wonder if the betting agencies think that he's just going to get suspended a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at that. I found Zach Lomax, eighty-one dollars. Hmm. I think that's a bit bit high, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's not bad. Hey, James mm. Tedesco's at eighty-one dollars. That's very. Uh, I suppose no, I suppose that's not too bad because he's never been a huge try scorer. I mean, he's got a few to his name, but he's not one of those blokes that you see getting eighteen, twenty. How about uh, Alex Johnson? Alex Johnson, I think he's yeah he's second. So he's at nine fifty. So mm-hmm. so Xavier Coates is nine bucks. Alex Johnson nine fifty. Tom Trebojevic nine fifty. Jason Saab twelve bucks. That's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he's he's one of the top you know top players there, but I think he's going to have a massive season. And then the next price favorite is uh, Ruben Garrick of the Seagulls at twenty one dollars. Like uh, it's a big leap up after that. Yeah, no, that's, that's probably not a bad one. I think he. He scored a ton of points last year too. Paul Momorowski, thirty-four bucks. No chance. Uh, I'm I'm trying to find somebody here that sort of jumps out. But Bradman Best, he's too injury prone. Um, Tabadai Fido, eighty-one dollars. Ooh, that's tasty. That is. I like that one. Yeah, that that's very good. That is. Yeah, I think that's that's the best one I've seen here so far. Um, yeah, I like that one. Now, what was the other one I saw? Top point scorer. Okay, top point scorers. Far out. Ruben Garrick is overwhelming favorite at two dollars sixty. Yeah, he's got like three hundred points last year from memory. Yeah, and he doesn't play Origin, so that yeah. goes in his favor. That's right. Have, Pappenhausen's next at five fifty. Latrell Mitchell's at six. Nathan Cleary at seven. That's pretty handy. Yeah, I think that's because he's, he will be missing a few games, which is going to hurt him. Yeah. Uh, Sam Walker twelve bucks. Yeah. The problem is there's they've got a lot of goal kicking options there at the Roosters. Yeah, that's right. Um, Mitch Moses twenty six bucks. That's pretty good. Why Max? Lomax is he's got to be here somewhere. Come on, where are you? Zach Lomax is twenty six bucks as well. That's not bad. I like that one. Brad Schneider doesn't even list his team. Hundred and fifty one bucks. Yeah, he got caught into the Raiders side. So that's that's you're taking the bet that the Raiders will have a good year. He'll score a few more tries than you'd expect and that they don't bring back the turnstile. <laughs> that's uh, I mean, that's a bold bet to make that move because we know Ricky likes likes Croker. It is, yeah. He he loves Croker. Uh, I'm just trying to see what's the Quinella, seeing if there's anything. Melbourne Penrith, I don't know what the Quinella means, if that's just the two grand final teams, which I Probably. think it might be. Or might be minor premiership and premiership. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. Let me see if it says if I mouse over. It doesn't say. But uh, Melbourne Penrith, they're $9, their favourites. Melbourne Roosters are 13 bucks, And then Penrith uh, Roosters are 13 bucks as well. So, nice. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Um, top team try scorer, season wins. Do you want to, let's have a look at the, just before we go, let's look at the Rugby League World Cup ones, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so Australia is favourites, $1.36. Yep. New Zealand second at oh. seven seven bucks fifty. Thought Tom would have been second. England third. Eight dollars. No yeah, England's at eight bucks. How about this one? Tonga. Twelve dollars. Oh, get on it. Get go to Palmer Bet, right? Sign up, put money on Tonga. Um Samoa, twenty six bucks. That's pretty nice too. Like if they get a bunch of players that just commit to Samoa, that could work out for them. And then Fiji's fifty-one bucks, PNG hundred and twenty-six bucks. Uh, our friends in Wales two hundred and fifty one dollars. That's not bad. Yeah, that's that's a lot shorter than I thought. <laughs> and Jamaica are outsiders at five hundred and one dollars. Oh, might go for Jamaica now. Um. Should we do our, uh, go quickly go through this weekend's games? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, matches. Okay. So I've got the odds here for this weekend's games. Yep. So tonight, Thursday night, uh, the Penrith Panthers take on the Manly Seagulls. The Panthers are outsiders 195 to the Seagulls 185 in the head to head. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with Manly on that one purely because Cleary's not there. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced though. Okay, I'm I'm going with the Panthers still. I think that their defence will shut down the Seagulls. Yeah. Um, what's the next match after that? It is the Canberra Raiders taking on the Cronulla Sharks. The Raiders are outsiders in this one. Uh, they're one ninety five. And the Cronulla Sharks are one dollar eighty five in the head to head. I've picked the Raiders. I'm going Sharks. Okay. Then the Roos uh sorry, the Broncos take on the Rabbitohs. The Broncos are at three dollars seventy five and the Rabbitohs are at one dollar twenty five in the head to head. Yeah, I saw Broncos hard for this game, so I'm going south. Yeah, it's <laughs> what who did I pick? I think I might have picked the Broncos. Hang on, let me check, check who I picked because I want to make sure that I let everyone know who I picked this year. Uh, and I sent it to Nadine because Nadine's putting up our – oh, no, I picked the Rabbitohs. I picked the Rabbitohs. I thought I might have lost my mind. Um, <laughs> so then we have the uh, Roosters taking on the Knights. The Roosters are at $1.20. Roosters. And the, yeah, the <laughs> Newcastle Knights are at four dollars fifty. Palmervet knows what's going on there. Uh, heavy favourites, and that's no no shock. Um, now the Warriors take on the Dragons. The Dragons, are, yeah, the Dragons are favourites though. One dollar eighty five to the Warriors one ninety five. Well, I say wow. I mean, my my footy tipping has been fucking dire since ever. So what would I know? I, I picked the Warriors, I've got to say. So yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, now, following that game, we've got the Melbourne Storm, a, a slight favourites ahead of the West Tigers. They're at $1.25 to the West Tigers at $4. Do you know, mm-hmm. I, I've got two stats here for you, okay? The yeah. last time the Melbourne Storm lost their opening game of the season. 
I think it was something like 13 years ago now. 2004. <laughs> That's and the crazy. Last, and that was, they had the buy in round one, so they lost a round two game. When was the last time they lost in round one? Oh, man. I'm going to say, oh, man. I'm going to say 2001. Yep. That's They've insane. not lost a round one game since 2001. That's insane. They're such a good club. Do you know, Palmerbet has the line set at West Ti- West Tigers plus 12.5 points. <laughs> at like, I would take the Melbourne Storm minus 12.5 points, $1.90 all day. That's, that's money for jam right there. That really is. Oh, man. Palmerbet wants us to make them broke. <laughs> um, okay, next game. Parramatta Eels are the favourites over the Gold Coast Titans. Head to head, the Eels are $1.43 and the Titans are $2.85. Yeah, I'm going Parramatta there. Yeah, that's that's a pretty easy one. And then in the last game of the round, uh, the North Queensland Cowboys are favourites. They're at $1.85, and the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs are at $1.95. I would take the Bulldogs all day. Yeah, look, as much as I said before that the, the Bulldogs are going to need a lot of time to gel, um, games like this, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I say that. Cowboys will win, yeah. But I'm picking Bulldogs. Yeah, I picked Bulldogs as well. I picked Bulldogs as well. Um, and, yeah, so that's all a head-to-head uh, prices. I'm just seeing if there's any. The rooster, you can get the roosters at the 13 and a half point handicap for $1.85. I don't know about that one. Hmm. It's, you know, if it's rainy weather, I think they'll definitely beat the, the Knights. But, you know, it's first game of the season. Are the Knights going to be up for it? I don't know about that one. But yeah. yeah, the storm with the twelve and a half point handicap, damn. Yeah, take that. I mean, they'll have that twelve and a half points racked up after about five, six minutes. <laughs> we've literally <laughs> the last game's any sort of guide. Between yeah, we've two. literally seen that. Hey, that's crazy. That was nuts. Well, there we go. That's been pretty damn thorough. Yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting season. Thank God it's finally here. Um, we get a whole weekend of rugby league action. I'm looking forward to it. It's the first time in the podcast that my team's been defending premiers, so we'll see how that turns out and how angry I get during the season when they lose games. Angry. <laughs> it's okay. Every time you get a little bit upset, I'll go on a rant about the Tigers, and you just sit there and go, yeah, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Things could be worse. <laughs> Oh, shit. So where can people find us, Andrew? Yeah, get in. Get into the socials, LinkedIn and YouTube, and you check us out there at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, God, everything. MySpace, just for the hell of it. Um, I think I've got one on my Instagram one as well. So, yeah, check us all out on all of those. You know where they are. Um, please subscribe to us on YouTube. And also, please, on your podcast listening device, make sure you go in there, give us a five-star rating and leave a review as well so we can read that out on our next episode. Yeah, and if you want to send us an email that we'll read out on the podcast, just send it to podcast at leaguefreak.com. 
uh, we will make sure that we we read out all of your emails this year. Um, so yeah, we've we've getting you to send them directly now. So um, that's the way we're going to do it. And obviously, once again, big thank you to Palmerbet. Go to palmerbet.com. Go and set up an account. We're giving you all the odds from them this year, so you can bet along with us. And man, some of them, some of them odds this weekend are just super juicy. Like I'm going to get into a couple of those ones. They are very good. And we also have to say, yep, gamble with your head, not over it, and gamble responsibly. As always, as always. Yeah. I always, do you know what I do? I only gamble with money I'd be comfortable losing. That's always a smart option. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. So, so yeah, thank you to Palmerbet. Absolutely, thank you Palmerbet. Thank you, Ball Boy. Thank you, Linesman. And uh, thank you everybody for listening to this lengthy but very thorough episode. And uh, we'll catch you all very, very soon. Sure, shortly, soon. Both of those. Visit palmerbet.com for all the best rugby league betting odds, from NRL matches to NRLW matches. State of Origin games and even the World Cup at the end of the year. Palmerbet has the best rugby league betting odds bar none. And they're also the major sponsor of Fergo and the Freak. And always remember, gamble responsibly.